0: Now entering Nerdist.com Nerdist. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh yeah. You made it
1: weird with Pete Holmes. Yes, you did. What's up, weirdos? Uh, great episode. No surprise. Love this episode. Allison Rosen into it. Real quick. You made it weird.com. Best and. Best and easiest way. People are people are always complaining about the inconvenient and difficult ways to support the show. So I always like to say, "You made it weird" is the best and easiest way to support the show. For those of you worried about the ease of supporting the show, uh, we got t-shirts made by weirdos for weirdos, and we also have a new donate button that some gracious weirdos were looking for, which is great because Katie was just thrashed by bats. She was she was she was in a small cave, and she was assured that it was bat free but as soon as she cracked the glow sticks she was she was seriously thrashed but well actually she fended them off using karate but the physical the mental and emotional trauma uh we're going to have to get her you know uh one of those brookstone massage chairs is what the doctor said so donate at youmadeitweird.com for katie's sake uh, let's see, you can email the show Weird at Nerdist.com And we have tour dates Everybody, every, Thanks for all the weirdos that came out to Sasquatch It was great to do that show June 1st through June 3rd That's This weekend, I'm going to be in Bloomington, Indiana At the Comedy Attic And on the 3rd, we're doing a live You Made It Weird podcast Please come out to that And uh, also come see stand-up if that's if you're nasty June 7th through 10th, Bonnaroo June 12th through 16th, Chicago, Illinois uh, That Saturday, it's a 9pm live You Made It Weird at the Hideout June twenty first through twenty fourth, the Denver Comedy Works downtown. Excited about that one. July nineteenth through twenty first, New Brunswick, New Jersey, at the Stress Factory. Uh, July twenty fifth through twenty eighth, Montreal. Oh, oh, I'm going to Montreal. <laughs> I read these for you and for me. I'm doing the Just for Last Festival. August two through fifth, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, for hilarities. September sixth through eighth, Scottsdale, Arizona, at Stand Up Scottsdale. And then there's a couple that I can't announce until later. October eleventh through thirteenth, Appleton, Wisconsin at the Skyline Comedy Cafe. In all of those, as always, are at Peteholmes.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon. Go to nerds.com. Go to this episode's description. Click on the Amazon banner and shop as you normally would. That being out of the way, I was gonna write some fake game fly ads. I, I I just I can't I can't today, but I did realize that Dragon Dragonslayer Dragon Slayer. Remember that game? Dragon Slayer. Huh? It was a little, little wordplay. That and the Beatles. Spelled beat-less. Beatles. That's also a, a, a hor- one of the biggest bands of all time. was was a horrible pun. A horrible pun. Okay, listen to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Stay crispy. I'm a creature of habit. When you do your podcast, do you make people sit in the same spot? Um, I was your first I guest. I sat on the couch. I know. Did well, you- now
0: I've been doing it
1: at the studio. Oh. So. But then they can't riff about what it looks like. Like, it looks like I know. a hobbit house. That makes Ooh.
0: yours especially unique. Yeah. I like to think it is. I should probably throw my phone out the window and just get it out <laughs> of the room entirely, right?
1: Please don't turn your phone off. Physically destroy your telephone. Okay. I, I hate when they say, turn it all the way off, not on airplane mode. I've, I, you know what's weird? How many podcasts have we started with discussions about turning off cell phones?
0: 20.
1: 20? That's an exaggeration. It's like 19. 19. It happens a lot. Can I oh, start with this? I'm one of those people, like I'm a little sleepy.
0: And, I'm a little sleepy. Uh, are we, are we, have we already started? Yeah,
1: that's how oh it Oh my God. You I didn't even. Right it.
0: No, but see, I'm the kind of person where Push I need to turn pool. it on.
1: You turn it on? Yeah. Your persona? Yeah. Okay, ready? <laughs> Okay. Me, it's like James Lipton. Can I talk to Alison Rosen? The Hi! Oh, there she is. I was reading, I was trying to find things about you online, and uh, I laughed out loud at your bio. It said, uh, I'm a comedian and a television personality, although I'm not comfortable with the term television personality. Then all caps, UPDATE, <laughs> I am comfortable. I did,
0: yeah. I decided I was okay <laughs> with it. I don't know. I don't know that I was ever truly uncomfortable with it. I think I, it was just uh, an attempt. I ooh. mean, I was, but I wasn't. No, no, don't. I'm in general uncomfortable and comfortable with myself at all
1: times well the term television personality is uh, particularly uh threatening i think to people people don't like it
0: it makes me think of like here's a really old reference mm. teresa Gonzalez. don't get it and katie of course you're not going and you're not even on the mic i am gonna stop we talking don't anymore. we don't give
1: katie a mic we don't know nope. yeah you okay give, your, your tech doesn't get a mic what's his know, name he's a delight gary. i love gary yeah, he's gary. a delight don't tell him <laughs> will not tell him just then
0: that you said that he's a delight.
1: No, that I said. What's his name?
0: Oh, I. I won't. could draw
1: him for you. He looks a little bit like my brother, but stretched out.
0: He's pretty tall.
1: He's a good-looking man.
0: Is he taller than John Holmes? Look at that! I pulled it from the recesses of my the recesses. Like of my a lot memory. of people
1: pulled John Holmes from the recesses. <laughs> oh, <laughs> from the okay. crevices of
0: their body. Anyway, Teresa Gonzalez mm. um, used to appear on <laughs>
1: crevices.
0: <laughs> something. This is
1: our famous report. Immediately, you did. You did turn it on. Pyramid, thousand dollar, twenty five thousand dollar pyramid, mm-hmm, yep. whatever
0: the pyramid is that has a, a, a financial that show a amount real attached. Scheme. Well, yes, it was. That's very good. And I think she <laughs> she here on that show, but like that's all she appeared on. Mm. I think she, that's and she was a television personality, uh-huh. but she didn't do anything else. I understand. That's my fear. That's my fear is that I'm well. One television of those. personality.
1: Here's what it is about me. It's it, it doesn't just reek of not talented. Just like I'm just a guy. I, like mm. Ryan Seacrest is a television personality. Yes. He's very talented. I think he's very talented. He is. Like, what presence?
0: A- That's what they always say about uh, him. Is it like how Bruce Springsteen. Well, what he, energy?
1: Well, I bet if you were in an elevator with Ryan Seacrest, you'd spend the rest of your day talking about being in that elevator with him. You know what I mean? Like you'd probably feel some vibes, like hosty vibes. He'd be like, do
0: you do think, or do you coming
1: up next, floor number four. When we're back,
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Oh, our first you'd bit. S- I know you'd stay on the elevator for for even longer. Oh just yeah, just to hear, just till they get to your favorite. You ever floor. do that?
1: You ever alter your uh, your path because you see a celeb?
0: No, but sometimes I'll alter my path because I don't have the balls to ask someone near the buttons to press a button. Oh my God. And not often. No, no, don't.
1: You backed away (laughs) twice from things that I was just like, no, we're getting to it. And you're like, oh, U-turn? No, let's drive right towards Okay. That. You get I, in an elevator, I, I you're I going to
0: four, right. and there's a
1: boy, or uh, not necessarily a boy. I I'm don't picturing even, a sandy blonde hair boy.
0: Or just some bitchy looking woman with a stroller.
1: Ooh, a bitch.
0: Yeah, it could be a, <laughs> yes. It's One a, of those b- bitches. throw me more than boys, Yeah, I think.
1: Oh, bitches are and, scary. And see,
0: I look for the...
1: Bitches be scary? Keep talking, I'll just interject those little Bitches
0: things. are, but just, le- <laughs> but just the letter R. the letter
1: R. I'm trying to make you comfortable with me just interjecting nonsense.
0: Oh, I'm comfortable with it. I
1: know you I are. I enjoy it. You're doing well. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Uh, I look for the, mm. what floor? Or like some kind of opening. Oh. Where I don't want to just bust my floor request into their right. otherwise. Into their opening. Yeah. It's been day. real sexual
1: so far. I'm sorry. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the courtesy and you yeah. don't want to assert yourself into the right. situation. Sometimes especially I are
0: weirdly shy yeah that's good stuff
1: I love weirdly shy my example my go to example on the phone is always like there are times when I just can't answer the phone
0: Oh, all the time I can't answer the I'm phone. I'm bad on the phone. Mm-hmm. I don't like the phone. I feel like it's a performance. It is a performance.
1: Voicemails are a performance. Yeah. Hey Allison, it's me Pete. How you doing? You can't answer. It's a voicemail. Anyway, I was calling to confirm about our podcast today. It's at Meltdown. Didn't know like you have to do that little thing right. song. Yeah. Keep you interested. Anyway, let me know if there's a problem. My number. Here's blah, blah, blah. me
0: listening to that. He's trying too hard. Uh, seven. Oh, is that delete? <laughs> that was
1: you deleting it without finishing it. Do you ever save it.
0: voicemails?
1: I save all the voicemails from my father. My father. Really? Yeah. And my mother.
0: Is that. Uh, uh, oh. Do you want to get weird? Yeah. Is that because mm, you're afraid the that of the show. if that they, they die, die you want to have a bit my, of them left? Because I do that too. Or I think about it before I delete something. Al,
1: Albert. Fat Albert. It's the name of the show. <laughs> I'm sorry I, I feel you so fat much Albert more comfortable then. now. <laughs> Thank sorry I you. you. It's <laughs> it's okay. Just then. No,
0: it's just brought me back to childhood. It's fine. It's good. It, did ahead. that happen? Um, no, no, I got. No, gotta, no here's what I got. This. Not Fat Albert, but. I think if a People boy. Like, if someone calls
1: you Fat Albert, that's a, a green light that you're definitely not fat. Do you want me to write that down for you? Okay. And you can look at it if but you're but ever I was feeling fat. chunky or something. I
0: was. no. But see, I was fat you as a kid growing up. Yep. But they didn't call me Fat Albert. That's the little two on the nose. Yep. People like to attach the word big to the nickname Al. Yeah, So I got a lot of Al, Big Al. But I don't feel big that Al. was actually a statement about size. It was yes. more like people just say Big Al. Hey, and man. And so I've never wanted to be Al.
1: But you were a thick milkshake as a child?
0: Sure, yeah. That's I what I was. I was, too.
1: I was real, doughy. real Really? Yeah, I was actually just doing Did a... they call you
0: any sort of large nickname? Um... Hey, fatty. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was the occasional fat so but no. I feel like that one wasn't even affectionate.
1: I went to a weird Quaker school where if you called someone fatty, you'd have to sit in like a meditation circle for 20 mm. minutes, like with the guy that called you a fatty, like intertwining hands until we like felt better about it. This very sounds awful. Hi- very, very hippy-dippy. It sucks being fat. And one of the things that I, uh, when you're a kid especially, and then uh, I, was the f- I wasn't super fat. But I was the fattest.
0: Mm, Do you know that, what I mean? That makes you, like, it's fat on a curve.
1: Exactly. It makes you the fattest. You're the, now you're the fat kid. Every right. group of kids growing up needs to have the fat kid. And mm-hmm. then we had, like, the dumb kid. He wasn't even that dumb. Right. <laughs> it was also me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was uh, doughy. I really, I swam with a T-shirt on. All the tricks. All the tricks. That just came up on the show, too. Swimming with a T-shirt on. With Kurt Braunohler because he's very fair, mm-hmm. but then another kid came in in eighth grade and he was kind of fat, and you'd think I would have been like partner up with him.
0: Oh no! But
1: instead, I was like, "Look at his fingers; they're like sausages." Yeah, and everyone was like, "Pete's one of us.
0: Mm-hmm. Pete's one of us." And oh, then, congratulations! Uh, well, that thank you. Been it felt pretty good. <laughs> Did you feel like you were selling your soul though?
1: <laughs> yes, and with for a bucket of fried chicken, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so I was selling it for the very cheap price of yeah. one bucket.
0: I recall. Uh, Not wanting to buddy up with the other outcast girl because I felt like I don't want to become like a larger target. Right, but you should. I feel bad about that now. Whenever I watch movies, she wasn't that great. I saw what was her deal? Asian, first of all, super smart. Why did I laugh so much? You said it like (laughs)
1: Well, obviously Asian. Right.
0: Yeah. The Um, only Asian? No, she. There were other Asians. Oh, oh, was she the only Asian? Um, okay, you have to understand I grew up in Orange County, California, where everyone is very thin and very blonde and very Republican oh, and no. they it's like they're that sounds pod horrible. People. yeah, so I didn't fit in at all despite the extra pounds. would not oh <laughs> no, the <laughs> extra lBs they, I mean though so you're a dark haired
1: yeah. uh, can I call you broad? Sure, you're a dark haired broad. Yeah. amidst all these kind of aloofy if I'm picturing the stereotype correctly, mm-hmm. bleach blonde but natural
0: natural yeah, exactly. or bleached. Uh, well, these were children, mm. so they hadn't begun to bleach yet.
1: Right? You never know. No. Actually, you do pretty. You, I could have known you, that. Yeah,
0: these were like <laughs> toe-headed. <laughs> A- toe Aryan youth. Yes, you know? yes, yes, so, yes. Um, That's
1: unpleasant. Very athletic. But don't you think, what 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 the fuck happens when your kids sticking out is really bad, mm-hmm. and then later sticking out is the best? You know what I it's mean? true. Like you want to be different. Everything, all, everything flips at some point. Like you, even, uh, well... I don't know about weight, but even at at some point, if you're the one dark-haired girl, dark eyes, dark hair, and everyone else is blonde, everyone would go to that as an adult, I feel like. Maybe? Mm -hmm.
0: I'm trying to think when it flips, though. Because this is something that actually on my podcast we've been talking about lately, um, this feeling that I had that college was really – This marked difference from everything that had come before it. And all of a sudden, college was like, this is what I always imagined. It was my first experience of this is what I had imagined the world could be. Yes. It opened up. Yes. Adulthood
1: began, kind of.
0: Right. Well, that's what I thought. I thought this is the beginning of the rest of my life. And then now... Uh, there was that sort of brutal adjustment into the real real world and realizing, no, that was like four years off to the side, mm-hmm. and I feel like my real life sort of just hooked on to where high school left off. not in that sounds really bleak and well cause I didn't enjoy high school, so I don't necessarily you're back in an high, in a high school feeling um it's I feel like because you're it's hanging more... out with Corolla too much. <laughs> <laughs> no no, no, hey. <laughs> oh, remember yeah. when we tried yes. I, I had him on the show cola? and I tried
1: it was such a funny moment I was like hey, keep it me, I couldn't do it I still can't do it mm-hmm. and he was and I, I saw just a flint of him being like please stop <laughs> <laughs> but please go on yeah. why does your well first of all when did you graduate college uh, 97
0: 97 okay I'm old
1: no, okay. I thought For a second I thought you were super young because you were talking about like this just happened. So your
0: life has oh, been no, it's, feeling it's, like high school since it's, then? It's on my mind because we just talked about it on an episode of my podcast. Sure. So it's not like I walk around all the time thinking about it and I don't even feel – But you don't feel... feel that way
1: anymore, do you? No, not really. But tell me – walk me through it. You're in college and you're like this is what it's going to be like and then you graduate and you're like oh, that was also a bubble and now I feel like I'm in high school again?
0: A little bit. Now, some of like that is because I went back to Orange County, though. So I uh-huh. really was in the same place. Yes. And I enrolled in high school again.
1: But I, I'm a big proponent. I tell When I do colleges, I tell the kids, I'm like, it gets better. It gets better. It's better than this. Your life will always get better. I don't know if that's true, but it was true for me. Well,
0: are you talking to happy people or not?
1: I'm talking to happy people, I think. And you're telling
0: I, them it gets better? I'm telling
1: them, it, like, promise. get happier, it gets even better. Yeah. It gets even better, meaning that we can govern ourselves after college. You have right. all these people telling you kind of what to do, when to be up, where to go. And I suppose if you get, like, a shitty job right out of college, that that continues. Oh, maybe I should stop telling kids that.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's, it also depends what kind of college you go to. It depends what it is that makes you happy. You know, yep. If you're at a college that's, like, a giant college or mm-hmm. university. I think that that's very different than what I went to, which is a small liberal arts college. Mm-hmm. For me the reason I liked it so much was that all of a sudden I was in a place where I was surrounded by people who were smart and they were funny and mm-hmm. they were very analytical. Mm-hmm. Um because I've always, you know, I think too much. Mm-hmm. Let's say like my friends, my last name is Rosen and so I rosenate. That's what my friend, <laughs> my friends term for You're my, having, on that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. my having to overthink everything. Um, but in college, like that's what you do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden after college, I was
1: back to back. not thinking so much.
0: No, I was still thinking, but other people re- viewed that as a weakness. It
1: wasn't cool anymore. Yeah.
0: No, it, it wasn't like, this is just something I do with my brain. Right. I think, th- I think about all aspects of something. It was like, um, like just relax.
1: Mm-hmm. Quit being
0: so ags. They actually didn't say that. Ags. Aggro. Aggravated. Have you not heard? And I think it's aggressive.
1: Aggressive.
0: Have you not heard agro? Was that no. well was that exclusive Katie? to my school? It's a surfer thing. Okay.
1: Well, that's why we asked you, Katie. It's a surfer thing. Agro. Yeah. Ugh. yeah.
0: So you fit and in. also some easy turbo. But you're in
1: comedy. See, the okay, here's the fault. Here's my problem. When I'm telling kids it's going to get better, I'm coming at them from a perspective of somebody that's doing what he'd like to be doing. Right. So if you do graduate college and then you merge into a career that that's what you want to be doing, uh, chances are your life will be better. Mm-hmm. You'll be doing, you'll feel fulfilled, you know, and you'll be happy because you can eat a pizza at 2 in the morning if you like, if you like. Yes. But you're saying that you got out of college. When did you get into comedy? Because it seems to me most people that do comedy – are kind of like, this is the best. I get to mm-hmm. think a lot, surrounded by other comedians who also also like to resonate.
0: Yes. That wasn't the case? Well, no, because immediately when I graduated, I went back to Orange County, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I was a writer at that point. Uh-huh. I wrote for different magazines and newspapers in college already. And so I came back, and I just couldn't – I felt so ill-prepared for – you know, "quote unquote" real life. I couldn't figure out, like, do you find a job and then go to where the job is, or do you choose what city you want to live in and go there and then hmm. find a job, or do you decide what friends you want to live with? And I mean, just all these, like,
1: yeah, you're decisions. right. There's a lot of different hard. ways to go. So
0: instead, I just got into a band. Ha!
1: <laughs> I got married. That's what I did. See? Literally, there's a need yeah, uh, to it's do so. so. It's like,
0: well, because all of a sudden you're out of college, and for you're me, shot out of college, the cabin. Yeah, college has a lot of. <laughs> I just tweeted something about...
1: Being shot out of a cannon? Shooting
0: myself out of a cannon. I spelled cannon wrong. Well, you should have stayed, really, stayed
1: in the cannon yeah. and take a few more classes before I. Know. Spelling classes.
0: Well, and then I was like, you guys probably think I spelled it wrong, but I meant I'm going to shoot myself out of the camera. Or the... Right, the canonical... Yeah, I was going to say yeah. the
1: inaugural, uh, the important books of the Bible.
0: Exactly. The ones That's, that don't
1: have magic and stuff in them.
0: Definitely all of those are what I'm shooting myself <laughs> out of, not that
1: You spelled firearm. it C-A-N-O-N. Yeah. Did your phone capitalize it? No. And then put a little menorah or something.
0: No, it didn't. (laughs) Is that a special app?
1: Uh, Well, I'm noticing a lot more people are putting text. You do that, Katie, don't you? With like, like, text you, see you later, fruit face, and then they'll put a banana. People, people call me fruit face. (laughs) That's 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 interesting. Nobody's ever called me fruit face.
0: I avoid emoticons. I love them. I go so far out of my way to avoid them. Like, I will, I will type out, I'm laughing out loud. Yeah. And then I also see. Here's the thing: if you, if the road you going down is the no emoticon road, mm-hmm. you will find yourself using a buttload of exclamation points as some sort of like, this is where I would put a smiley or a smirking face. Yes. Instead, I'm going to put six exclamation points. And I used to be very anti over exclamation points as well, but I had um, to acquiesce on that one.
1: I love them and feel weird when people don't give them back. Uh, but that's, that tells you a me. lot about me. I'm like, people are like, Great. Okay, Uh, a friend was over, and I'd be like, hey, you want a glass of water? And they'd go, sure. I'm like, say yes. Yeah. I hate sure. I love yes, exclamation point. You know what I mean? And the same thing with texts. And then I remember the first guy who would text me and use emoticons, and I was like, we're doing this now, and now I use them all the time. It just took one. It took one One guy, guy and I was like, all right, I remember who it was, my friend Brian. And I was like, okay, I guess we're doing that. And now I'm all over them. And then if I don't get them, sometimes I'll do what you do, and I'll write uh, winky face emoticon, because that's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. It takes a long time to, <laughs> to write it. <laughs> it or does. laughing out loud. I'm a big fan of that as well. It's funny we have a similar bit. Mm-hmm. 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 You stole my mm-hmm. life bit.
0: Okay. So, bit. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> well, wait. We have emailed. How did you feel about those emails?
1: I loved your emails. They were great. So thank you. Because they
0: did not have emoticons. They had a lot of exclamation points.
1: Emoticons for me is a texting thing. Oh. Keep it in, keep it in the phone. That's what I say. Emails from the phone, no emoticons either.
0: So if you get an email with an emoticon, though, how do you feel?
1: I'm going to say they always make me feel pretty good.
0: <laughs> I know. It's weird. I remember getting to a point where I was like, I really don't like emoticons. However, if I have a crush on a guy and he uses them in his communication with then me, start... then I like it. Yep. And I get Well, that's dying. a good
1: question for you. As a guy to you, if I were to text you and use them, it does seem a little effeminate, I think. There's a little bit of a girly doodle feel to it, like the especially does, the semicolon yeah. winking one. Like, why not one? just
0: send your note on a kid? Mm, write it on a kid yeah,
1: and throw it through your window? That'd be weird. And there's, like, oily stickers in there and stuff and glitter? Mm. Yeah. I, I, I would if I could send messages that way. BSU? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> BSU. That's what that guy was trying to do to Bush all those years ago.
0: <laughs> no, who knows what was written on that? He just
1: wrote BFF. <laughs> love you, W. Love you, W. On the sh-
0: <laughs> Our
1: second bit. I'm going to stop counting the bits. No, I like it. <laughs> it's so panicky. That's my equivalent of we're having a good time. I love saying that. You do? It definitely do increases it the good time.
0: Regardless of whether you're having a good time or not?
1: Sometimes I say it when we're not having a good time and then it helps. That's Sometimes we're ha- I say it when we're not having a good time and it hurts.
0: Is this in real life or is this on the show? This is in real life. Okay. Yeah.
1: For, for once, I'm talking about real life. Bizarre, not the you show. You normally not. Do you? if I have a hard time as a podcast person. You blend your uh, podcast with your. Real- I do this all the time. I'll be talking to somebody. I'm like, did we say this on the show? Did I say this on the mm-hmm. show? Or am I? Say- it it's, must be excruciating to hang out with me, or also the best. I mean, a little yeah. both. A little of both. Probably. Probably a little of both. But do you have that? Do you blur that line where you're like, um, it's a weird thing to talk like you were saying, turning it on mm-hmm. and talking in a confined hour or whatever you do your show. And then you go out into the world, which is also talking to people. But then, like, I don't talk this way off the podcast. There's a certain way that you talk on the podcast. I kind of talk this way. But
0: do you have this realization? Okay, what I have is, so then I'll be out, you know, among... Just, amongst just the regular little people, just talking to them. No yep. one's recording it, just yep. giving it away. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say something or I'll make a joke or something, and I'll, I will be very, very aware that I am acting the way I would be acting on my podcast yep. right now.
1: Of course, well, it's our it, job, it's probably
0: not discernible to someone else, it's no. just I feel it.
1: As comedians, it's our job to filter and refine and study our personas, our personalities, mm-hmm. the way we speak, the way we make jokes, and, and make that something like a switch, like you were saying, that we can turn on and off. Uh, you know, certain friends get more sedate Pete. Like, sedate Pete can't really do this. I, I'm always the same guy, but then there's stand-up Pete and there's podcast Pete, and he's a little bit more, he's a little bit more loud. Mm-hmm. He talks a little bit more up and down. These are all tricks. Makes I- you listen. Don't you listen?
0: Listen. Look how high I'm talking.
1: You know what I mean? If I I was feel, just like, I'm like
0: at attention right now. Right? Yeah. I know you are.
1: But if I was just like, you know, who yeah, cares? low energy. Low energy. Right. Okay, question. Because mm. you
0: lived in New York mm-hmm. and now you live here. Mm-hmm. And I lived in New York and now I live here. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that your persona and all that stuff you just talked about yes. changed when you moved here?
1: I think everything changes out here a little bit. Yes, absolutely. It's funny. When I go back to New York, I, f- I-, I used to hate L.A. comedians. Uh, I still kind of do. I still, I kind of hate a lot of comedians to be honest. Um I just I just can't it's difficult for me to watch. You know what I mean? Because I'm analyzing. It. It's right. very hands-on. And I get it feels re- like work, I imagine. It feels like work. It feels like I'm watching a math equation, and I want to correct them, and, or I want to notice the shortcut that they did, or whatever. And, and for the most part, it drives me uh, bananas. But uh, when I was in New York, you, you have less room on the stage, typically. So you move less, mm-hmm. and the people are usually closer, so you're less loud. You know what I mean? And then when you do The Road and when you do L.A., stages are bigger, crowds can be farther away, you do get a little bit more energy. I like to think that the act that I'm doing now would play and does play in New York in those stages where you have to just stand there and be a talking face – but I do like moving. I just, I just something about the sprawl of Los Angeles in general reduces my stress, changes what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Instead of riding on the subway and writing bits about like a homeless guy wearing a newspaper toga, you know what I mean? I'm in my car. People have a lot of bits about like those guys that don't pull out far ahead enough when they're <laughs> making a left. Pull out more. And they, ah, ah, people going nuts. Do that in New York. Car Everyone's comedy. like, what the fuck are you talking about? I
0: made a cab joke at our live show at yes. Irvine recently. Uh-huh. Crickets.
1: Yeah. Irvine too is a rough one. Yeah, word. I know. Irvine Improv?
0: Yes. That's uh, why why do you yeah. keep
1: going back into your hell zone?
0: Oh, you'd have to talk to Adam.
1: Why? About that. Oh, he booked oh, yeah, you there. Yeah, sorry. I'm I am wondering. I see, it, see what you're saying. You well
0: zone where I grew up, it kind right? It mm, Yes, I don't know. Um, I just don't... Um, this why, is the Adam Carolla podcast that does the live shows. Hey, there, so they're just...
1: <laughs> cars. Still close. Carpentry. <laughs> 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 it's getting warmer. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I love trying impressions. Will you try it? Cars.
0: Okay. See, I have to admit something. I was listening to an episode of your show where you guys were talking about how much fun you think it is to do impressions. I do. And I was thinking, I, I am so bad with impressions. I actually... And I'm bad with accents. Yep. I'm also bad with any sort of like brain-face right coordination. Like I oh. can't – my sister is so good at impressions and weird ones. Like she does a soap dispenser <laughs> where she – and she started doing this when she was like four years old. Uh-huh. Right, she put her hands above her head and then you push her you push her hands down. She goes down and then on the way up she goes. go – Oh, you that's know how liquid great. soap yeah. does that? And she can do... Yeah, gross. <laughs> she can do Kermit. She can... Hey! Yeah, she's Hi. really good. Oh, let's
1: do Miss Piggy. Everyone can do Miss Piggy.
0: Okay, teach me how. Hi-ya! ya
1: Yeah, good. Ooh. Great. That
0: felt really good. Here's
1: the thing about impressions that I think is is a core principle, and it's been coming up a lot on the show is that there like we give ourselves so many yellow and red lights in our brains mm-hmm. you know what i mean there's yes. all these filters there's all these pop ups that are stopping us the problem with impressions accents all these things that you're saying these are the conc- these are the hard sciences of comedy any idiot can listen to somebody and you're Christopher Walken and, uh, and, and tell you if it's any good. You know what I mean? Uh, but like, so, you're, there, so there's a fear to it. Right. So the, all those filters and stuff go like, Alison, don't try. Don't try to do British. But you can. Banana.
0: Banana. Do you want a banana? Do you want a banana?
1: To my British people listening, I know it's not very good. But we're trying is the mm-hmm. point.
0: And to the bananas listening, <laughs> sorry. Yeah,
1: that's not what I sound like. That was Cockney banana. <laughs> Old Cockney banana doing what he do, but it's interesting because I just feel like, like a principle of improv, we can yes and ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we kind of need to surround ourselves with people that allow for that. That's why my favorite friends are the people that, if any celebrity comes up, I'm going to try and do it because I spent 22 years of my life saying I couldn't do impressions, and maybe I still can't. But fuck, no, you
0: sounded very much like a banana.
1: Fuck you! Ah, but fuck you, man. I'm gonna try. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. Simply every, do Miss Piggy again. It made you feel so good. ya 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 Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's agreement, man. You know what it is? That's pure fun. That's sandbox shit right there. I... All this adult fucking filtration systems went in there. And it's another job as comedians to get that shit out.
0: Tear it out. See, I think that I'm always trying to do things like this Probably on the Adam Carolla podcast, which is maybe not the most uh, conducive to experimenting. Sure. So you're right. I should be doing this at home alone. Well,
1: it's hard. Well, yes. Okay, that's perfect. Adam is a hilarious guy, and when I did his show, I and I'm an and inter-
0: and you were great on the Thank show. Thank you
1: kindly. And I, I, you know, I loved doing it. I noticed that I had to like interrupt him to get in, which is fine. It's his show. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of interrupt me to get on my show, as you can kind of feel. <laughs> I hope it's an okay vibe. Though it's but great. I know I talk a lot. Keep it pinging and ponging, baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, but like, so that is not – I have friends that aren't good yes and green light people, and they're some of the funniest people I know, but they're not the people that at a meal, if like whoever comes up, Obama comes up. Don't you want to try an Obama? It's like, mm, America? America? I don't do an Obama. Just try. I'm just Was that trying. your first time doing yeah. it? Well, We're just trying. If we stay the course, if we stay. me and Michelle went downtown, and I ate her pussy. <laughs> Just make it filthy at the end.
0: Okay, America. America. See, I that wasn't. That well,
1: you're America? also a lady. This isn't yeah. fair. I'm throwing right. you. I'm throwing you a man. Yeah. I, I think it's it's, it's not lot. so much. <laughs> a, mm, I gave you Miss Piggy.
0: She's a lady, you're right? Although so was a, she's a pig.
1: Mm, hi. You can do Kermit. Can you? Clo- a man
0: did her though. Can you? Cl- oh, did he? Yeah, it was. Uh, Gross. Frank Oz. Ew.
1: <laughs> Fisting the pig. His autobiography. <laughs> oh God. Oh Jesus. Any? Can you close your throat? Because if you can close your throat, uh, you can do everybody. You can do Ray Romano. Yeah. You can yeah. do Kermit. Hey. Hey. She's a higher Ray Romano. Yeah. Hey. What, what is what does Kermit say? It's not easy being green. Everybody can do that. I really Mm -hmm. hope people are running on the treadmill and just Mm -hmm. running to themselves going... 20 more minutes <laughs> or whatever they're doing at yes, work.
0: I hope they are too. That's
1: one of the ministries of comedy is like, I, I really do like equipping people with things that will make their lives funnier. If we let them do them, if we just say, you right. can do this.
0: Well, I do think there's not enough silliness and absurdity yes. in the world. And that's something that I love about your comedy. Well, and something that I love about my own.
1: <laughs> Good. There you are. <laughs> you're, you're, you're complimenting me and saying something that I would say. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, like on my show, uh, I have all these silly, different little jingles and things like that. And mm-hmm. this is—I should make it clear that I'm talking about my podcast, Alison Rosen's New Best Friend, as opposed to the Adam Carolla show, where right. I don't have my silly jingles. Right. Um, but they're—they're just—it's sort of like. I've sometimes described it as like a kid's show for adults. And I think people get this sense of things need to be more serious yep. or they need to be more on the level. And I feel like why the whole fucking world yep. is serious and on the level and is going to suck eventually. It's how I, I mean feel that in a positive way. Yep. So if you have a moment to laugh and be silly and, and experience joy or glee, yeah. Yeah. do take it. I
1: was just doing a, a shoot today. I actually was covered in cake frosting. Oh, I don't know if you can still see it. I think there's it. a
0: little green yeah. on your. Yeah. See yeah. that? Looks
1: like I have jaundice, which I did as a baby.
0: Did you? Mm -hmm. Did you have an incompatible blood with your mother?
1: I guess that might have been what it is. Did you have
0: to be in an incubator? I I did,
1: Mm. like an Egg McMuffin. And I just squirmed for a while. Then they took me home and ate me.
0: And here here I am. Here you are.
1: Did you have any diseases as a baby?
0: Um, I had colic. Ooh,
1: colic. But I don't
0: think that's not the same. But you're colicky.
1: Isn't that just an excuse when you cry a lot? It's like, she's got the colic.
0: Uh, I think it also... Maybe, I'm sorry. Maybe you're right.
1: You were an alcoholic. <laughs> See, why can't we make those jokes? We can. I, but you. Uh, going back to what we were saying, I've had those friends. I had a friend in college that when I would uh, that when I would do a joke, he would write down that it was a bad one, like it, it, like would That's make a note, which it actually was pretty funny, but mm-hmm. it was not the kind of person you need to be with when you want to work on your Miss Piggy impression, which right. is all the time. That's why you know you do start in the shower and stuff.
0: Hi-ya! Hi-ya!
1: It's so fun. It makes I me find, happy.
0: I well, find most of my shower performances are just if I have an audition or something and yeah. I try to run the lines, I'll do those in the shower. And <laughs> Here, then I say, I wanted to start doing them in my head. And yeah. then I have to tell myself that it's just, it's just not the same. Here's,
1: yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Here's a thing for me and rehearsing in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to shower, rehearse. I used to do my bits in the shower, and I still will. But if I'm rehearsing, it's not. I'm not in the right headspace for me performing and stand up. And this is the most troubling advice because you can't. uh, You can't take this advice. You can only. Uh, step into this advice here 's what i 'm going to say. You can only look past this advice and have like a real performance truth descend upon you. It sounds pretty hoity toity because it is is that it 's not about the words that you 're saying yeah, you know what I mean so if you 're mem- if i 'm in the shower going, okay, Google starts with. I have an eye telephone. That's wrong. Google doesn't start with that. Google starts, my Google bit, starts with a look on my face and a certain posture and an opening up of my body and, dare I say, my energy and a flow and a way that the crowd is going to show me how to tee it. There's so many things happening that the only preparation is kind of like minimal preparation to be in the moment and, Mm -hmm. and realize that that's the way that joke is going to be in that moment, the way that audition is going to be in that moment is never going to be able to be replicated again. You can prepare. You should know the words. Sometimes I listen to my own album to remember the words to bits and stuff. And still, like I said, I will run in the shower just to remember literally the words of the bit. But... If I'm doing that before a show, which I often will before like a late night appearance, I'm in the back and I'm just like, just don't fucking forget the words. That's not going to be my best performance. My best mm-hmm. performance is when I get up there and I go, I don't know what I'm going to start with. I don't know what I'm going to close with. I'm going to go up and the crowd is going to guide me and I'll just be thrashed around by their waves for a while. And and they'll like it and I'll like it.
0: Has that ever not worked?
1: Of course. Yeah, that's the terror of it. Yeah, You know what always works? Quote unquote, works. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to destroy, if you want to like consistently do pretty well is like memorize a really hardcore act that you can recite that you can say in the in the in the dark that you could say in the shower that you could literally say these words with this kind of inflection and you'll do okay but or and i don't mean to put down brilliant one-liner comedians and guys they're certainly in the realm of timing and performance and stuff but like if you want I to th- – I feel like that's some next level stuff where you're really trying to be like, let's get the crowd involved in a way – and that's a vulnerability. If we're saying let's let the crowd be a part of the performance, then if they don't show up, you're fucked. You know what I mean? Mm, so it's a yeah. defense mechanism to be like, stay there. I'm going to say the following jokes. Right. What's a ninja really? An Asian burglar? That will get a laugh. You know what I mean? But if you find – you have to get yourself surrounded by the crowd and then, like I said, splashed and thrashed around by them. If they play along, you can get to like a next, some next plane sort mm-hmm. of shit.
0: But I was talking th- – the things I do in the shower I just more. blacked
1: out. What did I say? <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: You're – I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Okay. <laughs> um, the stuff in the shower that I do is more like if I'm going on an audition. Sure. And it's their words. Of course. Like, like, like an E-Trade for you, let's say. Yeah. Would, is that something that you would memorize word for word? Well,
1: uh, this is come, I actually, they just emailed me the audio of my first audition. Oh. I asked them to so we could play it on the show. So we'll do that. Maybe we'll play it on this episode. That would be weird. We'll be talking about something that's about to happen in the future.
0: Ah! It's, a, it's all I, folding in. It's, this is a wrinkle in time. Yes.
1: I'm glad you asked about this because we don't really talk about auditions very much, but I bet everybody, uh, a lot of people listening are interested in that process. I
0: Or maybe very few of them, and then they'll just think that this is like pretty pretentious and show-offy and yeah, inside maybe. baseball.
1: Yeah, but you know what I find? Even if uh, any career that's a passion career, people relate to what yeah. we're saying. Uh, that's what I'm always struck by. People are like, I'm not even interested in comedy, but I love listening to people talk about things with fervor. So anyway, with auditions, I audition with the philosophy that like I don't. Uh, Know the words exactly. And if they want an actor that knows the words exactly, they should hire an actor. I'm a comedian who can act, Mm -hmm. kind of. I'm not somebody that, I'm not an empty vessel that you just pour the words in and I'll say them and I'll emote here and this. And I know that is what acting is, kind of. But if you let me kind of play around with the words a little bit, then I'll do a, a better job than the next guy. If I have to say it, there's probably a better man for the job if it's just saying the words. So with E Trade, absolutely not. I've never said. A line exactly as written, at least. Did it take you a while to
0: get to that point where you realized that, though? Because I feel like that's sort of a realization I've had um, somewhat recently is that I'm coming in there with a set of talents that are perhaps different than other people, and there's a reason that they're calling me in there, and I need to just be that to the best of my ability as opposed to comparing myself to the other people and sort of minimizing what I actually minimizing what makes me special or unique in mm-hmm. order to try to just be exactly the same, right. which I think is how I started.
1: Yeah. you When you're starting, the name of the game is do it. You'd be like a lunatic. You'd be a sociopath, I guess, if you went in here. Actually, let me start over. What we're talking about right now is confidence. That's yes. what we're discussing. And I don't care, again, to bring other people who aren't And be
0: comfortable in your own skin. Yes.
1: And we're talking about job interviews and we're mm-hmm. talking about dates. We're talking yeah, about everything. we are. That's what we're talking about. It's not about auditions, but yeah. we're talking hey, about
0: hey, it. Hey, fuck you, Joe Rogan. Uh, we're talking about everything uh, in a uh, way.
1: <laughs> so, okay, here's the analogy that I thought of was like gambling with scared money. Mm-hmm. I, I like to play cards. I don't play a lot of cards, but they say when you gamble, you can't be playing with your rent. You have to be playing with $1,000 that you don't care about, or or at least you have to convince yourself that you don't
0: care about it. a quick interjection. No. I think um, you get what I'm saying. I was in an office at William Morris a long time ago, and yep. there was this thing on the wall that said, scared money never wins. Yeah. It was like some super-duper powerful guy's office. Yeah. And I thought, I don't know what that means. but that's bet... what This is what this means. Okay. Yeah. That's why I had to bring it up. Scared
1: money never wins. Because if you go into an audition and you're already thinking about how badly you need it and stuff, you didn't right. get it.
0: Okay. So what it's saying is desperation is yeah. a stench Ugh. that no one wants on their nose. It, yeah.
1: It's a vibe. You're sending it out right. there. Got like, uh, like it, I think I've said this before, but it, it breaks my heart when I see people put on Facebook like I got called back for that audition. Like, fingers crossed, everybody. I'm ah. mm. you, did, you probably didn't get it. Like, I, I hope you did, but you probably didn't. The guy that gets it is the guy that goes in and acts like he doesn't need it. And it, I, but you I, kind can't... of hate
0: that because that's it's so true. Well, it is so true, and yet I hate that that element of playing it cool still exists in well, something where everyone should care about what they're doing. You here's know?
1: here's the thing. I'm with you, and I know who you're talking about because every, uh, every audition I've ever gone out for is filled with these cock uh, – I don't like saying cock sucking. I started thinking that was homophobic. What's one? Cock smoking? Like people burning cock Motherfucking? Motherfucking. I mean, you're
0: putting down the incest people, but that's a pretty yeah. small group. Or just
1: anybody fucking a mother.
0: Can I oh, say – Oh, I feel like Can it's we find one mother. with cock?
1: Because I like the word cock. Okay. These cock – cock fencing. That's yeah. good. Like they're fencing. That's good, Yeah. Yeah. These guys that come to a fencing match with their dick and you're like –
0: Cockwalking.
1: These cockwalking good because that – Or
0: cockwalking, that, I, I mean
1: – But cockwalking is good because these guys are too cocky. Yeah. These guys are frauds. They're in the room acting confident <laughs> and people hate confidence. People hate cockiness. And I know I've said this on the show before but I think about this every day so I'm going to say it every fucking okay. day. People hate confidence. People love Certainty.
0: Oh, that's a good. Difference. Yes. If
1: you go in, you can be as humble and fucking polite and genteel. You can even do the words as scripted. But if there's a certain level of like, this is what I do. I mean, not like this is what I do. I, I can do anything. Yeah. But I'm going to do what I do. I hope that's right for you. But I'm not here to sneak into your factory. I'm not trying to break into your right. bank. I'll do me calmly what you want to see. I hope that's what you want. If it's not, I'll be fine. Yeah, certainty is intoxicating. That's it's the exact same certainty. thing
0: on a date. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, wanna, romantically, yeah.
1: certainty is amazing. But nobody wants the guy. They think they do. Spiky hair, frosted tips, blue tooth, fake tan, just like yeah, fuck Ugh. you. I, why don't we skip to the fucking or whatever? That's right. that's arrogance. But certainty is like, you know, there's a, there's a classy way to be certain that you're. Attracted to somebody or whatever. Well,
0: I think because it, to talk about it in the romantic realm, it takes the responsibility off of you, the person who's dating this person who's certain, because yes. you you feel like you feel well, free to get to know that person yes. without feeling like you're going to hurt their feelings or yep. you do, or that sense of like I don't want to get to I'm unsure I don't want to get too close because then I'm leading them on mm-hmm. and I don't want them to be angry at me or whatever.
1: It's it, it's all green lights. It goes back to what we were saying about impressions and th- life theory in general. General. Joe yeah. Rogan! Life, life theory <laughs> in general is green lights. I'm looking I'm, – I give people green lights and I want green lights. But also if you're on a date or something and that person is certain – and I again, I don't mean that gross arrogance. Mm-hmm. I just mean like comfortable in their right. own skin. They don't really have anywhere to go. They're present. But then they can also – they can set these – this sounds so corporate retreaty, but like set an intention or be like – this is what this is. Like if somebody tells you exactly what, hands, what, they're, what hand they're holding – now we're mixing every analogy we've used. It, it, then this is the only example I can think of is if you are on a date with me and we both just got out of a relationship, right? We both just got our heart broken and then we go on a date. And we know it's too soon. And I'm like, look, I know this is too soon, but I just, I, I'm lonely. I'd like to hang out with somebody. And like, I don't have any expectation. If we just go to a movie, if we want to just cry or whatever, that's fine. That's what I want you to know. Then Jesus Christ, yeah, if that's just, what you like, are. Yeah, I just just something
0: just opened up inside. Yes,
1: me. because people are looking for cues and green lights. Right. People are just like, tell me what to be. And there is, and there, and that, that's another, uh, if you want to get really weird, I think there is a sexual thing with that. Like people are looking for sexual green lights all the Mm time. How do you mean? People are always sniffing around being like, how dirty are we going to be at the beginning of a relationship? Typically, I think it's the dude's job to be like, this is how dirty we're going to be. And I know we've gotten to a weird place, but in my limited experience, it's if the guy is like, this is how dirty we're going to be. The girl typically will be like, thank you for letting me be as dirty as I'd like to be because you told me that was okay. Whereas if the guy is like, I don't know, can I call you a whore? No, you can't. You know what I mean? Right. And I, 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 my example was bad. But do you get what no, I'm no, saying? No, no, y-
0: We're yeah, looking for
1: relationship I, green lights.
0: There's, uh, I wish I could articulate what I want to say about what you just said, but I definitely think that there's a like if – yeah, well, it goes back to like if he's looking – for you to shoulder some of the responsibility in the getting dirty off yeah. the bat, yeah. you're, you're, you're not going to be into it.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I think. Well, okay, let's talk about sex. Okay. Because guys have dicks, okay? I have noticed. Mm, they're different sizes and shapes.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay, so dicks No di- two are alike. I, I don't want to be crude. I just, for sake of economy of language, dicks do the fucking, right? So there's this <laughs> built-in... I
0: saw that on the wall. Dicks of do William the fucking. <laughs>
1: wow. Same office. Yeah. Scared money never wins. Dicks, dicks, do, dicks the do the fucking. <laughs> now, look, I am here to say on the record, I, I, an assertive uh, woman, an alpha woman is, is lovely. There's something great about that. I'm not threatened by that. But most people start from a place of dicks do the fucking. And the guy is almost subconscious evolution sort of stuff where it's like, you do the fucking, I do the receiving. I'm a vagina. You're mm-hmm. a dick. So the dick is going to be like, let's let's see. This is how it's going to be cuz I'm the I'm the thing that has to fucking fill with blood and get stiff. I say that so much on the show, fill with blood. It's like my weird thing. And uh and the vagina ha- uh will then It's almost like the side of a dick getting hard, the dick gets hard first, makes the vagina wet almost. Not necessarily in that order every time. Right. And then the dick does the fucking. So that was setting the tone. The dick does the fucking. <laughs> I did not think it was going to go here today, I, I, but I that's want a cool. t shirt. Well, it's like, what, one in the afternoon? Yeah, it's, it's still high sunny time. out. But he, I don't even feel like we're talking about sex. We're talking about. I mean, we are. But this isn't like steamy discussion to me. This is like. Well, Practical speak for yourself. <laughs> no, I think we're talking about, about
0: roles in sort of a social transaction.
1: And one of them is a guy at the beginning of a relationship, and he knows he has a window. That's interesting. I think everybody knows you have a window. Certainly, after a year, a couple can decide to spice it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you start filthy, you'll stay filthy. But if you want to get filthy two years into your relationship, it's going to be weird to get her to wear that wig that makes her look like her sister.
0: I mean, it's sort of weird that sisters have such different hair. (laughs) Now, well, so what's your recommendation then in terms of how dirty to be? Because if I can share too much from my own life, I... That's what the show is. Okay. uh, I'll go back all the... Okay, so my my very first boyfriend, the first person I ever slept with, really bad relationship. He was much older than I was. Um, I was at that age where... Or maybe maybe not everyone goes through this phase. Maybe I was just especially retarded. Scott? No, but it. But most guys I've dated have had one syllable names, so Weird. you'll land on it, mm. you know, eventually. Um, but uh, I think he thought the whole thing was casual, and it's like I, the words just bounced off my thick little head. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. It didn't make sense to me that this he was not feeling what I was feeling, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, it took me a while to sort of unpack that one but anyway um he started off really dirty Mm -hmm. and i remember at the time sort of recoiling and just being like what this is not at all how i imagined it was supposed to be and don't refer to yourself as daddy and what Uh (laughs) i'm not
1: comfortable with all the daddy talk but go on
0: i just the other day remembered that one night he put on I mean, this is ugh. This is the kind of guy. Clown makeup. No, he was tired, but he wanted to have sex. Yeah. So he put on his, some porn. His,
1: his dick had a little sleeping cap on it.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I wish.
1: Candelabra.
0: I always think, th- oh yeah, in, just like night before, just like uh, yeah, yeah. I know what you Christmas. mean. Yeah. yeah. He's
1: investigating a sound in his testicles. <laughs> what was
0: that? There's so. a little a little dog nearby. <laughs> In the pubes, um, in the pubes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's so cute.
1: Yeah, pube dog. Everybody loves him.
0: I know. I love a, um. what's, wait, a, damn it. What's that called? The Jesus in the manger scene?
1: Oh, a nativity scene?
0: I love a pubic nativity scene ah! or a genital nativity scene. Dude,
1: I pulled her pants down. Full nativity scene.
0: <laughs> Seriously, if you have the kind of equipment where you can do this, yeah. put a nativity scene. Yeah. Yeah. In your genitals around the holidays. There's a joke what about a finding
1: the clit, and it's in the manger, and I, I'm not comfortable making it. But somebody, oh, good thing that, you didn't. somebody that didn't grow up religious that won't fear lightning, go ahead and make that joke to yourself now. Moment of silence for that joke.
0: <laughs> that was very very fam- phony laugh, <laughs> but I made the joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Um. Oh, so, so he anyway, got filthy, and he, he wanted to have sex. Yes, tired. but he was tired. So he put on. Porn to like get me in the mood.
1: Yeah, and it was this. Porn. This is for you,
0: <laughs> right? But it was this is this is what I was thinking about the other day. It was the most un, uh, titillating porn because there was no plot at all. Mm-hmm. Which I know is not a big deal for dudes, but lady, you know, I haven't I read it. Fifty Shades of Grey, but there's a, a narrative in that book. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I don't get
1: that reference, but is it oh, you a la- don't lady porn?
0: Oh yeah, it's it's this. Book that's being referred to as mommy porn. It's new. Uh, I mean, within the last few months, it was on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Though Um, it's like I think older women are gravitating towards it, and it's basically it's porn, but you can't get a copy of the book. That's my understanding. Like there's only a few, you know, a limited amount of copies and they're all super expensive. So you just have to download it. Oh, brilliant. And yeah, like SNL just did a sketch about it for Mother's Day where the family uh. kept like busting into the the room to give the mom her Mother's Day gift. And she, and they would find her masturbating. Uh. 50 kids <laughs> Uncomfortable so, thoughts. Anyway, this porn that he put on, though, was like um, it was sort of. Like a cross between Double Dare and maybe American Gladiators, where there were all these different challenges, and it would be like like a bunch of guys sticking their dicks through a brick wall, and then the woman had to suck them all and find the real dick. And was, what? Or maybe like
1: nope. It Keep was going. Weird. Green lights.
0: I wish I could remember any of the other challenges, but there was some. It was the, they were the all least physical least
1: challenges, and then they, physical, there's, a, there's a cheeseburger with a flag in it. But first, put your dick in it. <laughs> There's I... the nose with the snot, but first put your dick yeah, in Yeah,
0: there's like just a giant vagina that you have to climb into and find...
1: Uh, it's like the agro-crag. Agro-scag? What is that? The agro-crag, it's a uh, guts reference. Uh, Nickelodeon show Guts.
0: Oh, yeah. I didn't see that one. We also
1: could just call it Up in Your Guts, and then that would be the same. Or Up in Your guts. Gunt is... Disgusting. disgusting. Disgunting? Yes.
0: Anyway... These that was from the kind the of relationship okay, that on. i was in <laughs> oh god and anyway yeah so okay so no he puts, dirty. On, he
1: puts on american gladiators and he's like let's watch the dick challenge no he's
0: like i'm gonna t- i'm gonna sleep for a little while you watch this and i just remember thinking that i everything's wrong here Ugh. everything about this is wrong oh. and then a couple years later i broke up with him <laughs> that's <really>. your
1: turnaround <laughs> oh no that would be hilarious Uh, If it took you that long.
0: No, it didn't take me that long, but it wasn't, that wasn't a precipitating factor. Like I was, that's what I. Well, you know,
1: as you're saying this. I was very young. I have simultaneous feelings. One is I'm embarrassed for him. Two, I'm kind of, it's nice of you to be open to it. Three, it's clearly a misfire from him. Four, I hope he learned from it. He's probably listening to this podcast as he's putting on like some sort of...
0: He's probably having sex with a 19-year-old still because those are the only women who will be with him.
1: And they're watching Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, come. I... These are getting worse.
0: I don't like Wheel of Fortune, but I do like Jeopardy. I know that we were talking about game shows and porn, but now I'm just talking about game shows.
1: Pat Sajak seems like he really hates everyone on the show, which I like. I enjoy oh, that. I, yeah,
0: I guess I could He's see like, watching it for that sort of really? low-level avalanche
1: With just the A's missing, and you couldn't get it. <laughs> enjoy your time back at the home. Oh, Pat. Yeah, pat a butter. say Jack. Stay on. Stay on the course. What were we talking okay. about? Okay. So he porn. Tried to so make so make
0: anyway. It... So my first uh, experience with with Saxon with uh, with oh this is the first guy you yeah, had sex First with. First, <sighs> first person I ever slept with was it was super dirty and I felt like and at the time though like I said I sort of recoiled and I didn't, it didn't enhance anything. If mm-hmm. anything, it made me feel conflicted, mm-hmm. but I've, I'm going to regret putting this out there, but I'm going to do it anyway. Ever since then, I've wondered, did that kind of warp me? Because all those things that I found just icky and like, ooh, and Ew, mm-hmm. why didn't stop? And, oh, what are you saying? And why are you, you know, shh. Mm -hmm. I think that was my reaction then Mm -hmm. and that was probably the last time I ever during sex felt like please don't talk because now I would I would much rather so this guy he he, He fucked me in the head right he did it well or or have I always traced it back to that but it really wasn't that I was just destined to be a little bit Twisted always, but just mm, no. very, very slightly.
1: Well, how were you raised with sex? Here, let me interject because I, I, wasn't. I, I like to go tit for tat with weirdnesses. Is that like I've noticed that things that turn me on simultaneously direct sexuality, direct dirtiness. Like, oh, this is, this is we're doing the, the dirty thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I also.
0: And the, that does turn you on?
1: Sometimes. But then also that would be a turn off for me because I'm like, I need it to be more. Straightforward because I was raised with a certain amount of shame about sex, so that too aggressive of a move on their part would freak me out. And then I'm disturbed a little sometimes when what makes me, uh, I guess, into it is the is like just. I kind of lost the train of thought, and because I'm trying to guard my sensitivity, you know what I mean. I'm trying to like not. That's say good because too I much. already
0: worry that I just put too much out there. No, oh you well. didn't.
1: Based on, on the scale of this show, that wasn't weird at all. I was okay. waiting for you to say something much worse. What I'm saying is, shame just for regular sex sometimes is enough. You're like. I can't believe we're having regular sex because I was raised to think it was evil. Right. And then that becomes so you're very... you're
0: transgressing by just having sex.
1: Regular sex is dirty enough some of the time is what I'm saying. And then, though, I'm, I'm really interested in, like, I have friends that are just very repressed that grew up in the church with me and they never broke away, so they never went into the American gladiator zone. They never uh, learned uh, a fuller expression of their sexuality. And it really makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Sex is, like, a, an important part of being alive, and I spent 22 years being told that it was bad and God was watching you and judging you and was mad at you for doing it. And then, like, I spent, you know, the last 10 years, 11 years, I guess, trying to loosen up those reins. Actually, not even that long, like five years. Uh, Since my divorce, four years? It doesn't matter. But it makes me sad for my friends that never did that.
0: And are these friends married?
1: Yeah, we all got married real young, and the ones that are still married I think are still doing some pretty meat and potatoes Let's bang it out for the kids. I, I don't mean right. to judge or label them, but that's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I guess. Because it takes some fucking weird guy to shake up your, your beehive a little bit. <laughs> for you.
0: I've never referred to it that way, but mm. yes. I, <laughs> yeah. I think I, – I know where I was originally going to go with that, though. what yeah. I, I just remember what I was going to say was that – so after that, I think I was always – or for a while at least kind of chasing that level of – um, of dirtiness yep. and I would want to rush into that right away mm-hmm. which I think is trying to well I don't know here's the question let's figure it out is that avoiding intimacy or is that trying to take a shortcut to intimacy
1: uh, great question because I, kind I actually, of think
0: uh, it's like let's say you're having a birthday party and you have the um you have, like, soft drinks, and you have wine, and you have chips, and you have pretzels on a table. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, ten minutes before, you're like, wait, I also want to add a salad and this and this and this and this. And you're just like – it's just gilding the lily. Like, I feel like it's this sort of nervousness about actually connecting, so let's just throw everything into the mix.
1: Yeah. Interesting. To guard yourself. Yeah. To kind of confuse the issue. I
0: think so. To I don't To add know, some man. bells and whistles.
1: It's interesting because I think – Uh, There is a certain element of like The way to a man's heart is uh, Through his The dick does the fucking sort of thing I think there is an intimacy there And I think a lot of girls are wise to that Not to say that girls are using sex To get guys to get involved Although that is what I was implying I'm just calling myself on my own shit just then That happens a lot It's good that you are there to I'm so full of baloney Do that to yourself I am full of baloney
0: I'm full of shit sometimes
1: Uh, Well I'm full of He ate a lot of baloney and then he shit But it's mostly (laughs) baloney Real clean. That's, that's real good. Clean. It goes right through you. But so I don't know. Here's a couple thoughts. Let's figure out if that make, is, if that's more intimate or if that's guarding right. you from real intimacy. Also, I think it's different if you're initiating it. I think a lot of guys might be threatened by it. I think a lot of guys also might love that. One or the right. other.
0: Even like though it, we said
1: the dick does the fucking I think if the girl is like, I have lady dick, it's a ghost dick, you can't see it, but I'm gonna fuck you in your man ghost vagina. This is the filthiest show we've ever done.
0: No, I don't, but it but it was it wasn't that as much as I would cuz I I would I never wanted to be the aggressor. Yeah. I'm more passive. Um but it's like like could you just ratchet it up a little. That's... Okay, that interests me.
1: The idea that if uh, a woman... Typically... Okay, we're we're talking in typical constructs here. Mm. Woman being passive. And I apologize for that because I know I don't want to put any women in a box. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that is a comfortable role in our society for women. Right. It's passive. And then that really drives me crazy. I think I'm feeling bad for my, uh, my husbands. My guy friends that are husbands. <laughs> my husbands, I call them. <laughs> I, I feel bad for them, but really they are... It would be more comfortable for them to get in the driving seat. I like to call it the driving seat, British style, where <laughs> because uh, women might be more like. First of all, it might be more erotic for them to be passive, and they're waiting for these guys to do something. And like now, to make it even weirder, is my my ex wife was probably waiting for me to get friskier and never did. And you know, I, I, and or, why didn't you? I was I was very Christian at the time, yeah. and sex was very uncomfortable for me. It was really uncomfortable <laughs> for me, so it was really hard for me. I, I bet that was a very, uh, if I'm being honest, a com- a big, not big, but a reasonable component of why my marriage fell apart was uh, was sex. There was no fucking. There was, I mean, there was sex, but there was no like third dimensional fucking. You know what I mean? Like no passion. Yeah, kind of. I don't think we ever really did it that way. I might be misremembering conveniently, but I don't think we ever did.
0: So a- when and then you th- were having the non connecting non or like dysfunctional sex. Let's say how often were you guys having sex still though? Yeah. We, that's sad to me.
1: We do a, a decent amount because I was smart enough to know that you were supposed to do it. Mm. But here's, here's one. I don't think we ever like, I'm sorry to get this real guys. Either you're going to like this or not like this sex talk. So I, I, I don't apologize. Cause I would like to hear this conversation. There wasn't a lot of eye contact. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There wasn't like a lot of like, th- because there was
0: shame. Mm -hmm. It was shame. It was like... It sounds like two people masturbating with each other's bodies.
1: It's funny that you say that because I've used that analogy on the show before because I heard that about prostitution isn't really sex. It's like jerking off into a vagina with a vagina. Uh, And that's a little bit closer to what we were doing. It was a a lot of like... Actually, I'm going to say that's almost exact... I'm I'm now remembering that's almost exactly how it felt. It was like, don't look at me. (laughs) Don't talk to me. I don't want to know what gets you going or whatever. Like... I'll do this, you'll come, and then I'll come. We had, like, a, a sad little routine. I was a baby boy. Mm-hmm. I was 22. I didn't know what I was doing. We'd do it this way, a couple minutes, and we're done. And I, I, we knew to have sex, you know, a couple times a Well, I'd like to think three, four times a week, at least.
0: That sounds like a lot, actually, to is me. It? I think. I don't know. That's, I, I don't know what the, the average is.
1: I talk to some people, and they're like, it's once or twice a week. and But the, We were young. I'm 22, she's 24. We should have been fucking more.
0: That's prime fucking age.
1: It is prime fucking age, especially for me. But you know, like, I I was still, you know, really trying to come to terms with my sexuality. I was like, really, really, like, I was trying to stop masturbating. That's such a weird thing to be doing at that time. You were trying to
0: stop masturbating because of religion or because because you were with her?
1: Because of religion and because I was with her, I felt like I was cheating her and robbing her and cheating on her and all this sort of stuff. Did she feel that way? Nope. But. Oh, fucking perfect. Talk about green lights. Like I was giving her a red light. I was like, I jerk off and it's bad. And she was like, I kind of wish you would just be like I jerk off because I'm a guy and that's what I do. But I was like, no, it's bad. So I made her change her own light. She would have been fine with me jerking right. off. But instead I was like, no, it's bad. And she was like, okay, it's bad. And I was like, I also like pornography and that's bad. I think I'm addicted to it. It's bad. And then she was like, one time she said to me, she was like, if your attitude towards pornography was who cares? Sometimes I look at pornography because it's images of people fucking that turns me on. I masturbate and then I move on with my day. She would have had no problem with that. But I taught her to associate jerking off and pornography with all the things that I associated with. Mm -hmm. Disloyalty, judgment, God, fear, damnation, all that sort of stuff. And then she she learned. I I brainwashed her to think of sex being bad with me. And then, like, I probably, right. you know, gave her right. some you of my bullshit. Right, you introduced the
0: sense of these things are a threat.
1: Absolutely. Whereas instead, I think, dare I, dare I say. Why have I been saying dare I say so much on the show? It's been happening. I could have. <laughs> it's very and rhetorical. Rhetorical flourish. Dare I say. This is important. That's an example of a failure on my part as, if you want to use, like, the guy. It doesn't matter. As the guy who seemed to be steering that issue, I could have said, We're going to drive this car, the sex car, into these pastures where I say sex is beautiful, you're beautiful, I love fucking you, I'm sexual, you're sexual, you turn me on, sometimes I masturbate, I hope you masturbate too, it's great. I could have driven the car there. But instead even though she kept trying to steer it there I drove it to a weird off ramp that went down mm. into the narrows Hill. of Gotham or Prude Hill and I said let's park here and there's all the sunlight coming in and there's our parents and there's Jesus it's hard to give me a hand job when Jesus is hovering over the sunroof But roof.
0: you could have <laughs> driven it into this other place but you didn't because you didn't feel that way Because you felt I could shame?
1: Yes because I thought I thought it wasn't decent to feel that way mm. Lately I've been doing much better with, with Sex. I've been talking to my friends about that and been like, there's been a bit of an enlightenment and a bit of a like, that's a good thing. I like it. I want you to like it. Let's do it. It's still special to me or whatever. uh, But then also, I, I don't know. It doesn't have to be super special, I suppose. That's not really quote unquote my thing but like it doesn't have to be special sex is not your thing (laughs) no no non special sex isn't necessarily my thing but also I'm also not afraid of it whereas I used to definitely be. right I was like you fuck somebody you you put a ring on their finger and live in a lighthouse with baby lambs and you make cheese and you have a schoolhouse with orphan Africans and you teach them how to dance or they
0: teach you radio see that just sounds (laughs) sort of delightful (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Helen, ready, and Pete's dragon. Uh, I'm sorry,
1: I made the the fantasy so delightful. What what it should have been is more uh, um, re- and repressive, suffocating. Or, yeah, I don't know. Some people. What about the full experience? What about this idea that, like, when we go in... when we pour ourselves into these molds, we're kind of stuck by them. But there also might be something kind of delightful about them. you which mold? Let's talk about a religious mold, for example. Okay. If you're a Mormon, I've known a lot of wonderful Mormons that enjoy. This is my wife. She's the only one I've had sex with. We have nineteen. Ki- okay, that's a stereotype, but I'm just saying we have five kids. Uh, uh, <laughs> it doesn't still like <laughs> still, a lot. still a lot of kids. Yeah, but there's a comfort of uh, the pot. You're the liquid. You go in the pot, and you're like, I'm the shape of this pot. And, I, and other people have been in this pot before me and other people will be in this pot after me I'll always be a pot person and you and I, it sounds like are trying to spill
0: right. out We're and just be sort like sort of an amorphous Yes. okay, but here's the question and maybe you could answer this since you have been a pot
1: I've, and I liked being in a pot sh- but I didn't know how nice it felt to be spilled all over the aluminum floor
0: the shape of the pot though it's in the
1: future, that's why it's aluminum.
0: does that, oh yeah. that's good yeah, sorry I would make it titanium or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: It looks like aluminum to me, to you or I, but it's a new kind of space metal.
0: (laughs) It's an alloy.
1: (laughs) Um, Just say alloy.
0: Does having the confines of a pot to hold in the liquid that is your being really prevent... Oh, and by the way, I'm going to start this one also by saying, hey, look out, Joe Rogan. We're about to get philosophical.
1: Yeah. I don't know why I've yeah. chosen him as well, the
0: standard bearer It's good. Cool
1: we'll get ratings. This will be the, the Joe Rogan gauntlet episode. You and I will both spike. I mean, he's yeah. one of the big guys. I know.
0: There you go. So, okay. So- we
1: could do worse than having Joe Rogan be like, fuck you. would be like, thank you so much, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Please tweet me.
0: I know. Except yeah. I don't know. I don't want all those... All those people commenting oh, leaving understand. iTunes comments. Well,
1: just to be clear, nobody... Because <laughs> I
0: already am getting some of those. I do. You do? Well, yeah.
1: Well, people be hating. Yeah. But you, anyway. nobody hates Joe Rogan. We love Joe Rogan. Here we go. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah,
0: Um Does the shape of the pot really prevent all those existential questions? Does it really quell it?
1: For me, it did. It, it did. Absolutely Was that did. an age
0: thing or was that just like you were really stuffed in the pot?
1: An age thing? Yeah.
0: Was it because you were young? Oh,
1: Certainly, some it didn't help that I was young and the world was smaller.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but that pot had to be broken the fuck open, and then it was very scary. It felt very vulnerable and frightening to be spilled out there. And then I've been spending the past five years trying to, you know, become steam, become
0: cohesive. Yeah, or basically,
1: something. come come together somehow in my own shape. That other people will be like that. That doesn't. That's not shaped like anybody else. That's shaped like Pete. That's that's the Pete shape, not the pot. You know what I mean? um as as we're talking about this i'm remembering on on Men they talk about uh it's it's the lesbian character that loves peggy do you watch yes and
0: and i didn't see last night though
1: good yes ending uh i haven't seen she's on
0: girls as well now she's one of the girls yeah david mamet's daughter is she i believe we're talking about the same person eyebrows yeah sorry but she does have she has eyebrows i mean they're distinct the photographer She's yep. a photographer? If, yes. If okay. we were on
1: some sort of pure beach community and she got a caricature caricature sketch, You're right. he'd reach for the thick marker. He would. He'd be like, well, let me just two more lines and we'll be done. Huge graffiti marker.
0: <laughs> right. And then tiny little feet and body.
1: Great actress. Love your dad. So. Go. Joe Rogan and that girl were sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so, yes. Oh, she said to Peggy, kind of in this... Uh, Kind of a subversive uh, pro lesbian statement said that men are the liquid and they're looking for a woman to be their pot, hmm. and then she said, "But who wants to be a pot?" I'm realizing I'm kind of stealing that analogy, and that is kind of true. And a woman can be a pot, but then, but then, like that was. The, so I had a lot of does, things but, going. But
0: does that suggest that the woman is there to give the bound to set the boundaries, right?
1: Yep. Well, women being mommies, this comes up a lot on the show, being like men being stupid babies, and we're all over the place, and uh, we can achieve some great things. You know, we're interesting guys. We're kings, and we fought lions, and uh, we invented all sorts of shit, uh, and then, but also we're at the same time, again, Donnie Drapes is one of my favorites. <laughs> Donnie Drapes. Kind of He's true. this huge, powerful guy, and then in his relationship, and this isn't the spoiler, In all of his relationships, he's a baby. Right. Like they do – they did a scene recently, again, not a spoiler, please feel free to listen, where he was hugging his wife in a way –
0: Oh, when he was on the ground. On on his knees and he was
1: looking up at her like a baby and like grabbing her, Mm -hmm. like hugging her in a very non-sexual, very Very please comfort me because I am terrified and I'm shook by this world that the next day in the office he acts like he's walking atop it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So men are bullshit. Women are taken advantage of and become pots all the time. Again, going back to your passive vagina thing. I think we've been taking advantage of that for a long time. But don't forget the ghost dick. (laughs) Because, I mean, that's a contradiction. Women are super powerful. Unfortunately, I think one of the powers that they have, and uh, I've heard this related to menstruation, is an ability to go with the flow. Like, because you have a a menstrual cycle, is that you know something shitty is coming every month. And you flow with it. Literally, you flow with it. And you shed and you move through it. So women, biologically... That's, see,
0: that's interesting that you say that because... Because I I'm a woman
1: and you shouldn't say that shit that, to me.
0: Exactly. No, because I feel like women are not usually thought of as the more go-with-the-flow, easygoing of the sex.
1: No, well, we're thinking of you with heels and you're like, the
0: club's over here! You
1: know, like that cliche. <laughs> right. But that's, I'm talking about like... Like uh, grapes of wrath, the fucking dust bowl. I'm talking about like the Great Depression. I'm talking about these women. You're talking
0: about adapting.
1: I'm talking about adapting, and it's one of the less erotic, less exotic, not erotic. It's the less exotic. It's not sexy. There aren't many movies about it. In fact, Gone with the Wind. There's a lot of yes, but and there and Madame Bovary. There's a lot of woman stories about women suffering. And withstanding and surviving. Right. Those are good books. They're not great movies. Movies are typically kicking ass, breaking away, well, evolving, yeah. getting away from that There's shit. There's not
0: a lot of action. Adapting is a slow process. And it's not. So, oh, look, you made a dress out of curtains. So yeah. that's the most action that happens, you know.
1: Or you put up with, like, when we're saying, like, behind every great man's a great woman or whatever. Wow, I'm paraphrasing. But, like. That's not a sexy thing. It's not a sexy thing to be Eleanor Roosevelt. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not fun. Uh, but it's, it's, I'm so conflicted about this. Again, with Mad Men, the way that he—I can't talk about it. People haven't seen it. Men, women dynamics are difficult. The strong man, strong woman in the shadows thing breaks my heart. It's like it's like a it's like an oppression. But it's almost like one of these things that makes the world go around. The world we know as we know it now.
0: But see, I feel like. If it's the like the long suffering woman in the background, um, if she is truly unhappy and truly suffering, I don't have that much sympathy. And these are just the tropes. Mm-hmm. I find that I don't know that I have that much sympathy for her. I mean, I'm a very empathetic person, so I have like sympathy. It doesn't take much to get me to feel. To to feel charitable towards someone or sympathetic, but mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is, I feel like, hey, if you're not happy in your role, change it. Like, you, no one forced you to be there for 40 years,
1: right? But if you're not happy in your sex life, tell them you want to be dirtier. Like, it's, it kind of goes back to that. It's hard to,
0: yeah. Again, it's, right? If you want to be on the third floor, tell the person to press the third the third yeah, floor button. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I know, Yeah. So I'm it's hypocrite. all kind of caving. No. Or as some people say on Twitter, a hypocrite.
1: We're full, hippocrat.
0: I've been accused of being uh, Hippocratic. Well, we're full of balorons.
1: All you have to do is admit it. It's a big thing my therapist taught me. Just yield the point. Be like, yeah, I'm a hypocrite. I'm definitely full of shit. It's very liberating.
0: I need to ask you something, but mm. I don't want to take us off this train of thought. But I'm um, here. It is what do I'm asking you. Want to ask to write you. A note? No, no, I'm going to ask you on the air. How did you find your therapist? Because I am in a position, and I think we talked about this on your episode of my show, which, by the way, is mm. the highest or the most downloaded episode really? of my show.
1: I loved it. That was a special one. This is a special one, too. This, I, they're I, all special. I, I we are special. Yeah, you and I, are, we do well together. But I, 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 you look for the juice and you find the juice. We've definitely found the juice. But we found the juice that first time. That was right. the first time we hung out. I know. It's a great episode. I'm so happy that I was your first guest.
0: Yes. I I was delighted. Yeah. Remind me that Listen I want to talk it. to you about – Oh, Alison Rosen to,
1: is your best friend. First episode.
0: Alison Rosen <laughs> is your new best friend. That's He's your right. new best friend. Uh, remind me that I want to talk to you – because I'm doing some live shows with my podcast. Uh-huh. So I want to talk to you about that. Sure. Uh, about being a guest on one of those. So anyway, though, um, I think on my show we talked about the fact that I used to be in therapy – and then in New York, I was in therapy, and then I moved back to California, and I started going to my therapist that I went to mm-hmm. in California many years before, and that I found sort of frustrating because I thought it'd be great in this sort of nostalgic, like, hey, it's me, look, I, I'm, it's me 10 years later. Um, right. But instead, I felt like, and you still you still think of me as the person I was 10 years ago, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to bust through that. So anyway, now, I would like to find a therapist, but I don't know how to go about finding one. I can give you his info. Oh, okay. That so was problem. simple. Yeah, but, no, but but what was your process in finding it? And uh, also, I don't know if I can do a male therapist, because I'm the kind of person who I'm afraid I'll get feelings.
1: Uh, you know what's so great about my fucking therapist is he would just be like, just let me know if you're getting feel Like, he's so great. He's I would
0: fucking, find that really attractive.
1: I know. I, I'm i a little gay for my therapist, absolutely. I don't have sexual feelings for him, but I love him. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Well, that's
0: good. You want to. Yeah.
1: I, I admire him, and I try and be like him. That's, that's good. absolutely that's true. That's what you want. And I couldn't... Uh, He's one a more advicey therapist. You know what I mean? Like he will give me advice. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like, "Look, professionally, I can't tell you." Like he'll just be like, "Shoot me straight," and be like, "Sounds like you're unhappy. Get out of that or whatever." Yeah. So I was in a, I was in a relationship and I uh, was having a hard time with it, and it was very codependent, and I knew I was fucked up, and I knew I wasn't living as my therapist would say at my highest level. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was, I was inhibiting myself. I was just covered in mire, okay? Not doing well. So what's ki- I, I don't think it's ironic. It's kind of coincidental that a friend of my girlfriend who was, you know, she was lovely, but she was certainly the catalyst to the feelings that I was having that I needed to deal with in therapy. Uh, her friend went to see this guy and then I got, got it from him. Uh, so that was very, very fortuitous. And it's an incredible, it's an incredible re- uh, relationship. My, my therapist and I.
0: Well, then maybe, if you don't mind, I will take that info from you. I will, you.
1: absolutely. He's great. Really can't speak uh, highly enough of him. He may or may not have a book that I will plug. Should I? It's kind of weird because I'm like, can yeah. I say you're my therapist?
0: I you should ask him, maybe.
1: I think he was like, do whatever you want. He's so cool. Of course I'd say that.
0: <laughs> right. I
1: anyway, I'll just, I'll just keep ripping him off. Uh, here's the last thought about what we were just saying about women taking it on the chin and periods (laughs) as you take Mm. a sip of coffee. Uh, please. There's also something about the child that carrying children. Okay. So you're this like fair species, women, gentle, fair, whatever, petite, dainty, (laughs) not always, but, uh, but also you do this incredibly difficult, painful thing. Mm -hmm. You carry a a baby. Uh, it's heavy, In your, I know it's in your uterus, but let's just say in your stomach, it's heavy. You carry it around. Everything is difficult with it. Very, very difficult. You know, they always do that on like Oprah. They'll strap a guy with the baby. Right. Like, Here's a nine pound belly. <laughs> good luck, fellas. And it's like I had no idea how hard it was. I should be nicer to Cheryl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You should have done it before we strapped sand to you. <laughs> you cockwalker. What was it?
0: Yeah. Cockwalker. Cock yeah.
1: Good. Good. Um, so there's there's that idea that like. Uh, you—that is the ultimate. That puts the brakes on any career. Even if you're thinking about like Sarah Miche- Michelle Geller? no, Sarah Buffy? Michelle, who's uh, Sex in the City, Sarah. Oh,
0: Jessica Parker. Jessica
1: Parker. So many cer- serial killing of, sounding. Yeah, females. there's a lot
0: of Sarahs <laughs> who have three names.
1: Yeah, stop that. Stop. Stop. That. Stop. Shit. Stop that three-name Sarahs. Hard to say. So anyway, that idea of – that perpetuates the idea, I think, of women taking it on the chin because there's the ultimate biological –
0: Right, the ultimate long-suffering experience is is
1: childbirth. Here's your pause button. I don't give a fuck that you're, like, about to be made the CEO of some company or some traditionally male thing. You're about to have a baby blast out of your
0: cooch. Yep.
1: So hit the brakes, mama. Yeah.
0: Well – And the weird thing I'm sort of, I'm thinking about now is I always thought I want to have kids when the time is right. Like, I'm not one of those people who's like marriage kids. That's not for me. Like, I've always known that I want, I want that one day. I'm 36. Oh boy. But aren't you impressed that I know Spanish? See Enough to know that.
1: Por supuesto.
0: I'm about to be 37. Fantastico. My cumpleaños. Ah, is feliz that... día de cumpleaños. Yeah. Gracias. Muchas. Um, uh, uh, so once you're, 30, de Mayo. you're 36. So, Ooh, yeah. this is
1: very interesting to me. First of all, I would uh, everybody always accuses no, me say of it. hitting on the girls on the show. You no, could be I'm, 26. Thank you. look great. You thank look you great. very much. Fuck everybody. I like. I. It sounds like I'm hitting on the guys too. I like people. <laughs> I say to Katie. Sometimes Katie represents the audience that I'm, the portion of the audience that says things that I don't like. Uh, so, anyway, you look very young, Thank but you. here you are, thirty six. I'm very interested in this. This is a topic that's very interesting to me. Is the idea that I didn't realize this until later that girls, uh, women, when they reach a certain age, there's you, you biological clock sort of thing. So you're probably looking at a pre thirty nine baby, right?
0: I think. I mean, I hope. I, well, see, I don't know. So I always felt like. I want to do that one day, but I didn't have that real strong like oh, I just feel it in my my loins that mm-hmm, I need to have mm-hmm. a baby. Um, and I always felt like I wanted to just get to a certain place in my career before I I have the baby. And it's a
1: difficult thing. When that, you yeah,
0: well now I'm starting to that. rethink right. that you know maybe at the end of my life when I look back, maybe postponing it and postponing it and postponing it because I'm trying to achieve some sort of ephemeral, wrong uh, on the ladder is not really the right decision. And maybe I will, you know, all of a sudden, and I, it, it almost feels like settling or compromising, but all of a sudden thinking, you know what, i my career can wait a little while. And I'm going to get this other part of my life going. Mm-hmm. Um, d- it seems like not the wrong decision, except there is a part of me that's standing outside of that and saying, No, that's, that's because you're afraid that you're not going to get to that level or whatever. But then also my thing is complicated mm. by the fact Gets that I um, – I, I forget if I talked about this on our show. I've definitely talked about it on my show so much it's that it's like now people joke that they should drink whenever I mention ovarian cysts. But I have ah. endometriosis, which is not that uncommon. But potentially my having kids could be complicated. So really I should get on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not because so, it might be difficult
1: i'm so it, it just makes me feel I feel shitty, but it makes me feel glad that i'm a dude i'm sorry, yeah you it should makes me feel glad because i men have it maybe men are more selfish beings again because of this biology because we 're just kind of like I know the shelf life of my sperm i've had i've had people be like, yeah, but your sperm is it's just like yeah, fucking take as, it easy. yeah Letterman had a baby when he was like fifty six or something, which i'm going to say i'm totally relating to you you have your career and then you're like there's this part of us that's like can i be as selfish as i'd like to be in Mm -hmm. show business uh and still have a kid Uh, a lot of primitive cultures and stuff they have these ceremonies where like uh the kid the birth of a child represents the death of the parents meaning you die to yourself and it's all about the kid at that point the lifespans back then were probably early 40s you know what i mean so that's probably pretty accurate And now in modern life, we're trying to be more and more like, I have a kid, but I have a nanny, and I still do my career, and hand me the baby. And I see those kind of career moms, and it always kind of irks people a little bit, and career dads, too, trying to squeeze their kids in. Because I think we all know what it feels like to be a kid and want the full attention of your parents. If
0: anything, I'm concerned that once I have a kid, even if I – and I don't know how I would, but even if I had the means to have all that help – I don't think I, – I, I do think I would lose my ambition quite a bit. Yeah. At least at the beginning. Um, well, all of a sudden there's something that's going to be a lot more pressing. S- important seeming. Your yeah. career
1: doesn't wake up in the middle of the night screaming. Right. You know what I mean? Your career does not drink from your bosom.
0: And there's no one who's immediately affected if I don't give it give my yeah. career the right amount take of time. Take a week
1: off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you could take a week off. Right. We don't want to, but you could. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I, would, I think uh, this has maybe come up before, the, To the idea that it's a chemical thing. Mm-hmm. Chemicals are released. First of all, a chemical is released that erases the memory of the childbirth. That's terrifying. Two, there's chemicals that are released that make you not eat the baby. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, then I, and then there are just chemicals that are released that, like, I think, heighten your senses. Like Rob Delaney was on the show talking about his kid, and he's like, I'd cut off my hand and feed it to him without feeling anything if we were starving. Uh, and they just get up and they're so tired, but they just want to stare at the baby. Yeah. These are built-in biology. You could look at their brain under a machine and be like, well, that's because this is being released. And that's mm-hmm. how we're here. So, yeah, doing 10 minutes of the Laugh Factory doesn't look as good <laughs> when a baby is like, I look like you and your lover. I right. want to suck on your thumb. Look at my feet. You know what this I mean?
0: This so cute. It is this so cute. This imaginary being. But
1: here we are. This is one of the tightropes we're walking. The, the staunch selfishness of this career I love my life. I'm really in it's love re- with my and life. It's, n- it's not but- even.
0: It's like a. It's like a crafting your environment so that to reinforce the selfishness. Yep. Because if you're driven, you have to create a life where it's okay to constantly just be forging ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. That's right. But then. While we're doing that forging and having that environment around us, which I do, and I surround myself with people, none of my friends have kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's like I'm also simultaneously—I talk about a lot of my act. I feel like a dad. I feel like a dad. That—that's in my DNA. Yeah. I just at the shoot that I'm covered in cake with. I was with a kid. He was 13. Or what tw- was this shoot for? He was 12? Is for mashup for Comedy Central, and part of it was us throwing uh, dodgeballs at each other. And we – everyone was remarking at just how much fun we were actually having. Mm -hmm. Not trying to have fun, not camera fun, but after they said cut, still like horsing around and stuff. And I was like, oh, I could make one of these. And that would terrify me. But also I think all those things that people say about it's the best thing you've done with your life and all that sort of stuff. But then I also – look, I'm a little ashamed to admit this. If I'm on the road – and the and the, somebody opening for me or something is like I have three kids and I, I'm st- I'm really trying to give this a go. Don't get me wrong, Ray Romano did that. It's possible, but I'm also kind of like, dude, I disappear for months. You know what I mean? I have a hard time fostering friendships sometimes. My yeah. friends get mad at me, and they're like, "Where have you been?" And I'm just like, I can't imagine having that biology and that urge to see my kids, but have to tour a right. lot because because of the kids. I have to leave because I'm taking more dates because of you. So I think we all have this. That's when
0: you just go into full-time writing scripts or something.
1: I think so. That's a a luxury that a lot of us uh, don't have. But yeah, you would want to do that. But then even that, like, uh, and I've I've had the hoity-toity problem of not wanting to be in writers' rooms anymore, writing for other people. But then, like, if you want to have kids, that's a great option. But then you're also, you're going to be in the room. Even with that dream job, you're going to be kind of like, I'm doing this because I have kids. Right. I took this job writing the Mork and Mindy reboot called Spork and Spindy. And I'm not proud of this work, but I need that check because old ty tie is going to get braces or whatever. <laughs> and he's going to private Quaker school like his dad. Fuck. What do we do? Contrast. Contradiction. I think we're all just planning at some point we'll, uh, I'll get married and then we'll just accidentally have a baby. To
0: a degree. <laughs> I know. Which <laughs> is like, so, so the planned accident. Yeah. I, so- that, that, I do.
1: That, we weren't being careful. That means you were trying. Yeah. Okay.
0: I do sort of think, and people who have kids can tell me whether I'm uh, lying to myself, but I think that all the things we think now about how we're going to feel then, maybe we'll just fall to the wayside and like new thoughts about it will happen.
1: Yeah. I think that might happen, too.
0: In a way, it's sort of like being in, uh, well, I hate to go back to the school metaphors, but like being in high school trying to imagine how you're going to feel in college. Yeah. you're, You're not there yet.
1: Yes. I feel that way about love too. I, I I love stories about love at first sight. I love stories about like I just knew all that sort yeah. of stuff. I know that's kind of silly, and there's a, no and there's that's a long... that's my
0: podcast. I always try to yeah. drive it to that.
1: Yes, well, there's a long line of people behind me that'll be like that's bullshit. But like one NPR story about a guy being like I saw her and I knew and she saw me and she knew. And it turned out we lived in the same building and we got mm-hmm. married right away. I don't keep waiting. And for And then the other... she died. I she feel did. Like that's die. where the
0: NPR stories. You go. heard that one? Yeah. Oh yeah. This is a real one, right? Yeah. She died. Yes. It was very sad.
1: It was very sad. Yeah. But, but thank God that guy went on the radio and talked about it because now I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to only take love at first sight for an answer, but it's nice to live in a world where you think that's happening. Mm -hmm. And then I'd also like to think kids at first sight where you're just kind of like, uh, there's an urgency to take what's in you and what's in me and blend it and then watch that thing walk around. I want to watch that thing walk around and make the world better. That kid needs to exist. That's mm-hmm. how I want to have kids. I don't want to have kids because I'm like, well, I can afford it, and you know, we have a three bedroom, and, you know right? I mean? Go to fixed APR. I don't even know what these words mean. I've always wanted an SUV. You know so you I mean? don't
0: want to be cold and and sensible about it. You want that's to do right it because. But at this at, the, at the
1: same time, I'd like urge. to be really rich so I can
0: be like, life is the same, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just maybe won't want it to be the same at that point.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. This is just one of those things. And then, I don't know, if I don't have kids, something went wrong. That's what I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way about myself. Yeah. Because here's the thing. For either of us, if it ended right now, wouldn't it have been a little bit empty? And I don't mean to put that on you. No, I understand. I'm speaking more for myself.
1: Look, the career, it's like it it fulfills so many needs. I, I get to watch in a micro like a tiny percentage of what it might be like to have a kid I get to watch different projects feel like things and get response and and uh, and even the podcast kind of feels like a sharing and, a, and it can feel kind of parenting and you get emails from people being like that conversation you had helped and I'm like you're welcome son you know what I mean <laughs> I'm getting some of the parenting stuff yeah. through my comedy through the podcast through all different kinds of work but I know that it's not the same I know that it's not the same and I can't wait. It's nice to know that there's something to look forward to. There's a harder, true. There's a harder drug version of what we're doing. And it's going to be intoxicating and it's going to be invigorating. And I look forward to it. And I'm really glad I don't have to push it out of my quim.
0: Yeah. People don't
1: say quim enough.
0: I, I've not, I have never even heard the term quim. It sounds like something on a ship.
1: Yeah, it's not, yeah definitely. But uh, it's for a vagina? You have a lower deck broad and she's got a nice quim keeper on the ship.
0: Is it a nautical term originally?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Humorless. You're like, okay, nice analogy, but is it a nautical term? (laughs) Uh, I got it from one of my favorite movies, and uh, everybody knows what these are by this point. It's uh, The Assassination of Jesse James. They say she has a noisy quim.
0: Oh, all right. Yeah. Assassination of Jesse James. Someone was in that that made me want to see that. Who was in it?
1: Bradley Pitt.
0: Oh, yes, that guy. Casey (laughs) Affleck. Keep going.
1: Mm, oh god I'm so I'm not good at this is why I can't do Doug Loves Movies the Leonard Malton game I'm ter- my favorite I movie I won really
0: I won do you win Doug because Love's you make the movies. other people play wait what
1: do you win because you make the other people play
0: no I didn't even use any sort of strategy or anything okay. it was just pure luck I think because I was on and I was on with um, Brian Bishop Katie knows him, who has a podcast about film. So he was very Very upset. Very good. Oh,
1: I see. I've won two. I've won two or three times. And I'm the worst at it. I'm telling you. I'm pretty bad. The last time I did it, the movie was, uh, it said, I got all the names. Meryl Streep and uh, who's the woman that plays Catwoman? It was the Devil Wears (laughs) Prada. (laughs) The Devil Wears Prada. Whoever the second second lead in Devil Wears Prada. I got both. Anne and Hathaway. Hathaway. I got both clues and I was just like, no idea. And I've seen that movie because yeah. I had a girlfriend at the time. Mm, uh, when, but I actually kind of enjoyed it. But I don't, I'm not good at that. Anyway, I think you're talking about Brad Pitt or Casey Affleck. Uh, also, um, Sam Rockwell, isn't it? Okay. Who's great.
0: I need to see this movie
1: oh it's one of the best
0: I think now I'm remembering when I did Doug Love's movies and, and when I won <laughs> I somehow Bill Burr did something that led to my winning and I know Brian was upset about how that oh, all went down you... so Bill Burr somehow did like got it wrong and, yeah, did something and then something or the whatever point. yeah that's how I...
1: I win too is, a, yeah. is you say name it they can't name it and then you win it's like it's like when you hit too many times in blackjack and then the next guy he was supposed to get that three and instead it's a ten and you make them lose they can get mad at you for how you're playing right
0: but I I did I was able to name the movie. It was something weird oh, where I did okay. happen
1: to know something. Okay. We've this pl- is
0: fascinating. We've plugged a
1: lot of podcasts on this on this we show. Have. We plugged yours. Now yeah. we're plugging Doug. He doesn't need any help.
0: No, we've plugged Joe Rogan's. That's true. We've plugged Adams. The fuck.
1: What was this?
0: Does everyone you know have a podcast?
1: It's it's the new Drive Me to the Airport. Do my podcast. I know. But
0: do you listen to a lot of podcasts?
1: Nope. I've actually stopped. Do you listen to yours?
0: Nope. Yeah.
1: I can't. I, don't, I don't you
0: think it'd be better if you did, though? And, and by that, I'm talking about myself and to myself. No, nope. uh,
1: no, nope. really, okay. absolutely not. It's too much me. I'm listening to myself right now. I'm listening to this episode right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And maybe I'd be better at remembering it I'm or whatever. Use that one too. I was there. I, I'll remember it. But I do forget. You know what I mean? I'll forget it. You wipe it away, you, and you move forward. It's always about moving forward. I can't go back. I can't go back and listen to things, even if I loved it. Got to keep moving forward.
0: Yeah. No. I don't. I don't enjoy watching myself on television and I don't enjoy listening to myself anymore but I do think that it would probably be better if I did. I think that all then the I time. I think I could make little corrections and sure. things like that. I and record
1: sets and I don't listen to them and I'm like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's dumb. But it's a weird fear. It's like a fear aversion thing that has set in. And I didn't used to have it at all. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like the idea of having to, of sitting there and listening to it. Is it's like, not Ugh.
1: passive. It, the times I have tried to listen to my podcast, I know what I'm going to say before yeah. I say it. Because when you say something, it only makes me think three things and I know which of the mo- them I think is the most interesting.
0: Oh, okay. That's so funny you say that because, um, so I spent years as a journalist mm-hmm. and I would interview people and I would always, you know, for, for print articles and I have all these tapes. Uh, both full-size cassettes and these tiny little mini cassettes yep. uh, from the interviews. And so occasionally I'll go back and listen to a tape from like eight years before. See, if
1: I listen to this, I know I'd be thinking about that scene in Sixth Sense where he's listening to the therapist tape, and that would be unpleasant for me. Right. And I knew and I was going inter- to interrupt you just Well, then. that's
0: exactly – no, that's what happens though because uh, – so I'll be listening to something that I have zero memory. It's usually if I'm like interviewing the person again. I have zero memory of it. It's, it's true. It, it could be from eleven years ago. It's from a fucking long time ago. Mm-hmm. And that person will, you know, the person I'm interviewing will say something, mm-hmm. and then the me listening to it mm-hmm. will think of a joke, and then I'll hear me on the tape make the joke. Yep. That's how much of a that's fucking robot I am.
1: Not a robot, a but ro- it's like the, reliable.
0: A, yes. That, well, that's how much of a constant I am. Yes. It's the same stimulus creates I, the same response. I laugh. that many years later. Mm-hmm.
1: That's ama- That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'll also laugh the same laugh. So I'll, I have like 35 different laughs, and I'll go, ha, and I'll go, ha, before like I'll hear it like an echo on the podcast. It's, it's weird. It's insane. Yeah. It's a little too much me. I don't need that much me. Yeah,
0: I, I get that. That's
1: why another reason. I, I don't want to give people fodder for why not to listen to the show, but I often say I'm like, it's a little much. I'm a little much. I get it. When people are like, I can't listen to it. It's too much. It, Pete's crazy or whatever they want to say. I'm like, get it. I get it.
0: Do you have certain episodes that you feel like well you must have certain episodes that you feel like oh this one was i feel good about this one or i feel not that good about this one yep but
1: uh, i've I've actually i think about that cocktail all the time a good episode is where i feel like you've said a lot of interesting things which is true uh and then also if if i've had episodes where people like "That, that person was great on your podcast i love them and i was like i didn't like it at all because i never at any point this is very selfish but i never at any point said something that i thought was interesting funny or profound or whatever so if it's all on the guest, I mm-hmm. feel bad. That's a handicap for me. If it's all on me, then I feel bad for the guest. That's bad. It's got to be both, pinging and ponging. Right, Keep exactly. It and pongin'. Yeah.
0: <laughs> See, I I feel like my podcast sort of started at a certain quality, and then I think it dipped, and then I think I'd like to think that I'm coming back up right now because I think that I started getting really in my head, mm-hmm. and I had a couple guests where there were certain things that I knew that they didn't want to talk about or that I was going to be uncomfortable asking them. Mm-hmm. Things that if it wasn't, say, well, I don't, I don't want to name names, but things where if it was, like, someone that I felt a little more comfortable with, mm-hmm. then I would have been okay asking them. And I think that once I had that in my head, I just started really overthinking everything. And, like, you can feel when you listen to them Ugh. that I'm not I'm not in the moment.
1: Well, that it goes back to rehearsing in the
0: shower. Yeah, you're yeah, I, I had a list of questions, which is yeah. what I used to do, in which, which works in a print interview. Yeah. That's yeah. fine, yeah. but it's not good for a podcast. But that,
1: exactly. If I look at, I don't even have notes for you, and that's why I, I think this has been going well, but if I'm looking and I'm like, so you were in a band. I know mm-hmm. you're in a band. And if I just went, so I know you're in a band, everything changes. And in fact, right. just, just jokingly asking you that makes me feel icky. It goes back to rehearsing in the shower. Either I'm allowing me, I'm taking the risk. Of coming here and letting you manipulate and change how I feel, change the flow of the conversation, change the flow of the topics and all that sort of stuff in hopes that we get to that other level. But the risk is maybe we fall off the tightrope altogether and it's fucked and I should have just been like, so you're in a band? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's safer. That, right. And again, I'm not putting down one-liner or more protected present- presentational comedy because some of my favorites are that way. But I, I don't think they're going to get to that Blend where Mm -hmm. you and I blend, and the idea of the show blends, and it all just swirls together, even though we can't hear the audience listening uh, or participating, talking back to us or whatever, there's an awareness of them, Mm -hmm. and and we want all those flavors to mix together. I don't want this to be like an interview ever. In fact, I hate when people refer to this as an interview show. It's a conversation show.
0: Well, that's pretentious.
1: You're pretentious. (laughs) Thank you. You think that's pretentious?
0: Um... No,
1: I've said, some I didn't say stuff that. You,
0: well, no, let me, okay. Let me, let me figure out, let me back away from that one. No,
1: yeah. what did you mean?
0: Well, I think, well, it's a, it's a, um, a distinction between an interview show versus a conversation that I think some people will know exactly what you mean. And some people would be like, that's the same thing. So, therefore, that is pretentious. But you to and make... I have been
1: interviewed many times, yes. and that, that starts with where you're from, what's your family right. like. We started with airplane mode, and you know uh, I'm covered in icing and all mm-hmm. that sort of and stuff. And then
0: I was like, What? We've started already? Right. Yep. Yeah. And
1: then I, you, you, the, yeah, you get it. You get I get it. it. You get it. I do.
0: No, I get... I, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I just, I think that someone hearing, Oh, it's a conversation podcast, Oh, it's an interview podcast. Here's Half your, the fifty percent of those people are going to have the same reaction to those words,
1: right? I suppose, but if this is an interview, who's interviewing who? Because I've right. shared as much about right. about myself as you have. Isn't that weird? That's why That's I think good. it's pinging and pong. And how many mm-hmm. times I going to say that? That's you say it? I know,
0: I know. Did you say pre- it on? I you premiered you s-
1: it on your podcast.
0: You debuted. I that debuted that rich material. L- you never, do you, ha- you say it ha- elsewhere?
1: Keep it pinging and pinging, uh-huh. baby? I've never said it in life. I don't think so. But I
0: mean, ha- has it, it's have ca- you said it since?
1: People uh, consider your my episode of your show an episode of this show basically. <laughs> like it's been... It's is that been good? Bro- or is that... No, that's good. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. It's like a crossover, like when Superman would help Batman right. and stuff. People will write Keep it pinging and pongin and baby on, on uh, Facebook, uh, on the oh, weird Facebook and stuff, without any sort of like I know that's technically
0: from Allison, you know what I mean? I'm going to have to go find those comments and add that. It's super Didn't fun. you say that someone who Picked you up from the airport to drive you to a comedy club. Uh, had heard your episode of my show or something.
1: Yes. That's right. That's I forgot weird. about that. It was great. That's cool. Uh, it is the coolest. It made me feel so happy to Should... so, know
0: oh, People are listening. How are we
1: on time, Katie? One
0: hour 35.
1: Okay. I specifically, I'm just kidding. I, I just have something at 4, which sucks.
0: Oh, yes, and I've got to move my car anyway. So. Oh, really? Yeah, but I'm okay. I have till 4.08. Shit,
1: it's 3.47. Oh,
0: my God. we got to wrap it up. Yeah, we do.
1: It doesn't matter. Uh, carrying children, therapist, gambling with scared money, arrogance for certainty. That's come up a lot. Oh, morbid family. That's a thread that we didn't finish from the beginning, Mm-mm. and that kind of ties in nicely. So that's what we're going to do. My family is very morbid. My mother was talking about a surgery that she could get on her hand, and she was like, I'll probably be dead before I need it. And I was like, ah, I hate that. My yeah. dad is very morbid, and he'll be like, um, Peter, if I'm ever like in a coma, just fucking smother me, son, smother me, like I really didn't know he talks like that. Well, that's, that's how cool. he talks. Yeah, they're uh, they're from Boston, but the idea uh, of, of that morbidity and death uh, being something that you can reference mm-hmm. your own death. Like, I would reference my own death. Like, these are okay joke topics. Right. It's a, it's a weird family, I think. It's a, it sounded like you had that, too.
0: Yeah. Um, my family is pretty... There's definitely a darkness and there's a gallows humor. Yeah. But um, not those sort of oblique references to death all the time. It sounds like when your family made references, it wasn't joking. It was like this sort of like yeah. pain the gut feeling. Um, yeah. But my family is very uh, anxious and fearful, which mm-hmm. I feel like, ult- and I, now I forget how why we were on that topic originally, so I don't know if this is answering that, but, but I do think that all that anxiety, all that fear, all that suggestion that the world is a scary place, which mm-hmm. is kind of the cauldron I came up in. Um, is perhaps similar to what you're talking about. Yeah. This constant there's just there's just a threat always. Like you just don't if you don't don't you can't experience peace of mind for very long. There's probably something you should be worrying about. Did
1: you see the gray by any chance? No. It doesn't matter. I've noticed as I get older, every movie is about mortality, or a lot of movies are about mortality. That the good never, ones
0: are, I think. The good
1: ones are. Ooh, I love a good Irish melancholy. I love getting depressed. I love thinking about dying. It's great. Uh, I just watched The Raid Redemption, and I was like, shit, this is just about death. This is about dying. It's the whole movie. It's about dying. It's about we're all getting raided. We're all going into a, 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 a mission you can't win. Yeah. Although I would say you can't. I'm on this new uh, fucking spiritual upkick where I'm kind of like, there is a better way to live. A more examined uh, spirit will do you better. There's some, there's some sort of way to retire your body, and I know how new agey I sound, and, and, and have uh, some sort of achievement. Mm-hmm. Let me just – let me give myself the green lights that I don't want to because I know and everyone that listens to the show, I delight in atheists. I, I think that's just a great theory. It actually comforts me. Science, the wonder of the world without any sort of interpretation is great. Also on the other side of things, when people are like, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. I'm like, that sounds right to me. It sounds like I'm just this, this soul in this body. This body will die and then I'll go on. And I know that sounds very With convenient. With your consciousness? Who knows?
0: Does yeah. that matter to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I think I'd prefer to be like, oh, this is weird. I'm in another dimension. <laughs> Holy shit, it's me, Pete, from earlier. My, <laughs> look at my body. I'd love that. I think I'd love that. And I think the more <laughs> evolving I do, the more peace I can make with different spiritual uh, theories. I actually think that will benefit me if there is some sort of afterlife. Mm-hmm. I know that just got real weird, but that's the name of the show. Uh, so with that, I put it to you. And this is our final couple minutes because I do have to – we both have to blow. But um what do you what do you feel do you have spiritual leanings do you you seem to light up a little bit at the hope of yeah. something Yeah.
0: Um I mean I consider myself an atheist. But I do that's feel That's the one that,
1: let's let's just say for your benefit that's the one that makes the most sense to you that feels right. Yeah. But you do feel what?
0: But I but I also believe in spirituality and I believe in... We're getting more and more of that. Later. I mean, I do think that there's sort of this intersection of spirituality and psychology. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say that psychology is my religion. Um, and I do believe in, in knowing yourself. And I do... I mean, I guess maybe... I think there's this idea that atheism... And maybe this is how it is for some people, but I don't think it's how it is for all people... That atheism is some, like, cold clinical scientific thing, and it – I think people associate it with cynicism and and determinism and – okay, it's occurring to me that I don't know what determinism means, so (laughs) take that one out. (laughs) Um, Fatalism – but for me, it just means I don't think that there is someone up there. I don't –
1: Lifeguard gun.
0: Yeah. I don't feel confident –
1: Conscious that thing.
0: I don't really – I love the idea that something happens after you die, but I don't really – like I can't really sign off on that one. though. Right. fuck, I'd love it if there was. The way that
1: I, I feel around it is like all that quantum physics stuff, interdimensional stuff. Yeah. The people – reasonable people, as I consider atheists to be very reasonable and, and uh, strong-minded people. Like all the – it seems like a lot of the smartest people are atheists. You know what I mean? But also those people are aware of like these other dimensions right. and stuff. I'm kind of like – what is our part there? Is it possible that there's some well, sort that, of
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing is shift? that there's so much we don't know. I had this one crazy car ride actually home from therapy years ago With a Duncan friend of, <laughs> <laughs> No, a friend of mine had um had had committed suicide and I was in mourning and I just started it just like I felt like my whole reality started crumbling because I started thinking, you know, we can't explain consciousness like what what is consciousness where does it come from we understand mm-hmm. how so many things work but we don't we we haven't n- really nailed down like what is consciousness so mm-hmm. since there's something so miraculous about consciousness why does that necessarily go away when we die yeah and that has stuck with me this idea that there's a lot of stuff that we can't really explain right but i still I still consider myself an atheist.
1: You know, if there's anything I'm learning from this show and talking to a lot of wonderful atheists is it's interesting to me, as I've pointed out many times on this show, that I am full of shit, as we mentioned, a constant contradiction. I think that's what it's about, being a human. It kind of delights me when people are like, I'm an atheist. No God. Great. I'm also kind of like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Not in a, like, you rescinding on your belief of science being enough, Big Bang being enough. I think enough, it can
0: be a bo- it can be Evolution
1: a being enough. But also just kind of being like, it's interesting for me to kind of play with this idea. So good. I don't know. I love it. But I love a lot of things.
0: I, I do too.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry to cut it short. You're going to have to come back. No,
0: I feel like this has been long. Oh, but okay, I'll come back.
1: Well, I mean, the show does go long. It's a long show. Yeah. But... It's, I still feel like we're cutting it short. You just gotta, Well, there's
0: more. There's more to plumb. There's
1: so much more to I plumb. I know. We'll do a crossover episode. Yes. All right. A hey, Rose, my show ends with a catchphrase. Does yours? I'm just kidding. Would you say keep it crispy?
0: Um, I will say it In any particular way you want me to say As
1: it. As Adam Carolla.
0: Keep it crispy. <laughs> Hiya! Hiya!
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, A Rose. Thank A-Rose. you. Bye. This was very fun. You fun is? So crispy. So crispy.
0: Hanging along down in my... Now leaving nerdist.com